Welcome to Damn Good Movie Memories with your host, Ryan Davis. This podcast is the cure for your long commute and super boring work day. Hello there, this is Brian Davis, and for this week's episode, we're going to discuss our favorite Oscar-winning movies for Best Picture. Now, originally, we were supposed to have Warren Beatty and Faye Dunaway on the program, but as it turns out, they mistakenly accepted the invitation for Damn Good Movie Memories instead of the original invitation of the WTF podcast with Mark Marin. Go figure. Anyway, you're stuck with me again this week. We will also discuss movies that we believe should have won an Oscar instead of what actually won for that particular year. All right, let's get into the list. All right, so what I'm going to do is break each decade down with my favorite Oscar-winning movie. Uh, I thought it was easier that way, but really, as you'll discover, the 1970s were by far the toughest decade for me. The 1980s, not so much. It was kind of pathetic, as it turned out. But right now, we'll start with the 1930s. I'm going to skip the 1920s because I haven't seen any of those particular movies, and I'm guessing most of the people listening to this podcast haven't seen them either. Anyway, for the 1930s, this was a little bit difficult, so I had to choose between um, It Happened One Night and You Can't Take It With You, and I'm going to lean towards You Can't Take It With You from 1938. So this is often a forgotten film when discussing Frank Capra movies. So most folks remember It's a Wonderful Life or Mr. Deeds Goes to Town or Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. For, For some reason, You Can't Take It With You gets lost in the mix, and I absolutely love this movie, and James Stewart and Gene Arthur are two of my favorite classic actors. Uh, The chemistry they share in this particular movie is really wonderful to watch. And I always loved how the eccentric family led by Lionel Barrymore would willingly take in random boarders who all brought something unique and and diverse to the household. Barrymore's character only wanted friendship in return for his kindness to others, which, in his opinion, made him the richest man in the world. Frank Capra had a knack for heartwarming stories and always pulling for the underdog. And this is why Capra movies still hold up today. It's a quality that never go, goes out of style. What's also interesting is these two particular movies, You Can't Take It With You and Happen One Night, are both comedies. Can you see a comedy even winning nowadays? Everything is so depressing. It has to have some uh, message that um, resonates with people at the time. And, and frankly, they don't stand the test of time. Okay. For the 1940s, this one was easy. It's Casablanca. It was also my favorite romantic movie, but Casablanca from 1942 is often mentioned as the greatest movie of all time. And really it's hard to dispute. The story is excellent. The acting is amazing. And there are countless scenes and lines that are memorable. Um, you know, everyone in the cast is truly top-notch and a classic actor. You have Humphrey Bogart and Ingrid Bergman, Claude Rains, Sidney Greenstreet, Peter Lorre, and Paul Henreid. So all four actors are incredibly memorable. All four character actors are all four uh, are memorable in their scenes, and the movie really wouldn't be the same without them. Uh, as I've said before, and you might have missed earlier episodes, but the most misquoted line from Casablanca is, Play it again, Sam. Because the actual quote from the movie is, play it, Sam, play as time goes by. But play it again, Sam, always sounds better, but it actually didn't happen in the movie. And amazingly, the iconic final quote, Louie, I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship, was actually written after the film was completed. Bogart had to go back and dub in his famous line, which just seems crazy. 
All right, for the 1950s, this was a little bit like the 1930s for me. It was between two movies, and that was On the Waterfront and All About Eve. However, I'm going to stick with On the Waterfront from 1954. Now, I first saw this in a college film class, and that film class was a fabulous decision on my part, as it introduced me to many of the classic films I love today. On the Waterfront is also considered one of Marlon Brando's finest and most powerful films that he ever made. And as a whole... On the Waterfront won 12 Oscars, including Best Picture, Best Actor for Brando, Best Supporting Actress, Eva Marie Saint, and Best Director, Elia Kazan. Amazingly, Lee J. Cobb, Carl Malden, and Rod Steiger did not win an award, though all three were amazing and very easily could have won Best Supporting Actor. All were nominated. And it just goes to show that really La La Land was nominated for 14 or, 50, uh, 14 or 15 Academy Awards and more than On the Waterfront. you got to be joking. Anyway, if you don't know already, On the Waterfront is a tale about corruption and violence between the longshoremen and the labor unions of the 1950s. The unions are run by the mob and ultimately couldn't care less about the longshoremen, though they claim they're trying to protect the workers' rights. Terry, who is Marlon Brando, and Father Barry, who is Carl Malden, decide to stand up for the workers and soon discover how dangerous that proposition can be. Now, if you're a fan of Marlon Brando or classic films in general, this is a must-see movie. For the 1960s, this was fairly easy for me. Um, it was really between In the Heat of the Night and The Apartment. Uh, there were a lot of musicals that won uh, in the 1960s, and, and frankly, I'm not a huge fan, so those were kind of easy to eliminate. Most people probably would pick The Sound of Music, not me. So we'll we'll hear what other people discuss later. But to me, In the Heat of the Night um, was an incredibly powerful story. A great movie with the the wonderful Sidney Poitier and Rod Steiger. Eventually, this uh, film was turned into a very successful uh, TV program where the Steiger character was played by Carol O'Connor, best known as Archie Bunker. Uh, I think people kind of forget how important Sidney Poitier was to Hollywood and movies in general because he was kind of like the Jackie Robinson of acting. Uh, he really opened doors for many African-American actors. And, you know, maybe the equivalent of today's uh, Sidney Poitier might be Denzel Washington, but really, Poitier was the first. And without him, I don't think you see, um, you know, the diversity that you see today in Hollywood. Anyway, if you haven't seen In the Heat of the Night, it's also... Uh, wonderful for the theme song, which was um, from Ray Charles. So again, you got to check out, if, you, if you've ever seen the TV show, definitely check out the original movie. It is awesome. All right, the 1970s. Now, as I stated earlier, this is by far the most loaded decade there ever was. And this was extremely difficult to go with. So I'll name off by year who actually won, and then I'll pick my favorite. You'll probably guess, but um, again, this is Sophie's Choice here. So 1970, you had Patton. 1971, The French Connection. 1972, The Godfather. 1973, The Sting. 1974, The Godfather Part Two. 1975, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. I mean, you see, these are all classic, uh, amazing films. 1976, Rocky. 1977, Annie Hall. 1978, The Deer Hunter. And 1979 is Kramer vs. Kramer. That's probably the weakest movie of them all. But again, still, still a great film. And it's also been noted that Annie Hall, I believe, was one of the last comedies to ever win. I mean, this is incredibly tough. All of these could be easily be my favorite. Um, but I'm going to go with Rocky just because I think it changed the way sports movies were made. Um, it's arguably one of the greatest sports movies ever made. Um, and really, it helped boxing 
kind of get out of its lull because Muhammad Ali was towards the end of his career. And with all the the um, Rocky sequels that came out afterwards, it really kept boxing in the forefront until Mike Tyson came in the mid to late 80s. Um, but again, I could have easily picked The Godfather, but how do you pick between one and two? So they kind of negate each other. French, French Connection is terrific with Gene Hackman. Really broke him as a star. Uh, the Sting, geez. I mean, you could watch... I can watch a Sting at any time. That's as good as it gets. One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. I mean, geez. Th- this is really an amazing, amazing decade. Okay, so as amazing as the 1970s were for Academy Award winning movies... The 80s, which is my favorite decade for movies, is by far the weakest. I mean, I'll name off all of these movies that won, and I defy you to to pick these as ones you really want to watch over and over again. Here we go. 1980, Ordinary People. 1981, Chariots of Fire. 1982, Gandhi. 1983, Terms of Endearment. 1984, Amadeus. 1985, Ad Africa. 1986, Platoon. 1987, The Last Emperor. 1988, Rain Man. 1989, Driving Miss Daisy. So at least they ended the decade well with Rain Man and Driving Miss Daisy. And so by far, my pick is Rain Man. Rain Man was way ahead of its time when it was made in the late 1980s because now, today, the diagnosis of autism is far more common than it was 30 years ago. People that were in the autistic spectrum back then were usually labeled as retarded or slow, especially if they were in a school system that didn't correctly diagnose their disability. So in the case of Dustin Hoffman's character, he's brilliant in many ways, often being able to memorize things that the majority of quote-unquote normal people could never remember if their lives depended on it. However, while he possessed this brilliant memory, he couldn't do typical routine activities that are vital to being able to live independently. So Hoffman really gives the performance of his career, which is saying a lot because of all the brilliant roles he's played over the years, whether it be Marathon Man or Midnight Cowboy. And really, he was the most deserving for the Oscar for Best Actor. Not to be downplayed, Tom Cruise is basically Tom Cruise. Um, but really, without Dustin Hoffman, this movie just isn't as memorable. For the 1990s, this was a little bit difficult. Um, the movies were definitely better in the 1990s uh, the 19, than in the 1980s when it comes to Oscar-winning films. Um, but there were a lot of stinkers in the late 1990s, too. Um, so the ones that I were, was debating uh, between was The Silence of the Lambs and Unforgiven. Um, I'm going to have to lean towards The Silence of the Lambs, though, again, this is Sophie's choice. I can pretty much watch Unforgiven. Uh, you know, at any time. So, you know, if, if you've ever seen The Silence of the Lambs, it's one of the creepiest movies ever, you know, whether it be Buffalo Bill saying, he places the lotion in the basket, you know, and thanks to this movie, I will forever uh, quote that every time someone mentions lotion. Uh, but it's only funny to say when you say it in a creepy voice. So anyway, moving right along, uh, The Silence of the Lambs, it's it's not only scary, um, because it's not in a slasher type of scary. It's more, way more psychological. And everyone in this film is tremendous. Jodie Foster, Anthony Hopkins, Scott Glenn, and Ted Levine. So the back and forth between Foster and Hopkins is so awesome to watch. And it's really too bad that Foster decided never to reprise her role as Clarice in the later sequels and prequels. Anthony Hopkins is so good as Hannibal Lecter that you keep wishing he would appear in the movie more in more scenes than he actually does. And amazingly, director Jonathan Demme's first choice to play Lecter was Sean Connery. 
And as much as I love Sean Connery, the film wouldn't have been the same. Hopkins was the perfect person to play the role. And Jodie Foster wasn't the first choice as Clarice. It was actually Michelle Pfeiffer. I always find it fascinating to read about actors who are originally up for these iconic roles, but then later turned them down. Okay, for the 2000s, it was between two movies for me, and that would be Million Dollar Baby and The Departed. So again, this was really tough. I'm going to lean towards Million Dollar Baby, surprisingly, though, again, I could go with The Departed at any time. Clint Eastwood is by far one of my favorite directors and actors, and he just has the magic touch as a director. Uh, Million Dollar Baby is yet another amazing film from Clint, but it is incredibly difficult to watch. You really run the gamut of emotions in this movie, from incredibly uplifting to extremely sad to then being undeniably pissed off. However, that's the magic of Clint Eastwood movies. Not many films can pull off these range of emotions in one particular film. And so the performances in the movie are superior, and it's no wonder that the film took home a plethora of Oscars. Best Picture, Best Director, Clint Eastwood, Best Actress, Hilary Swank, and Best Supporting Actor, Morgan Freeman. Okay, so wrapping up the decades for my favorite Oscar-winning films for Best Picture is the 2010s, I guess you say it that way. Um, and I'm going to go with Spotlight, which came out last year. Um, well, the Oscars prior to this, I guess it was the 2015 Oscars. Um, really a terrific story. I could have picked the artist too. The artist was a lot more fun <laughs> and uplifting. And if you're a dog lover, you got to love that dog. Um, but Spotlight is just an awesome, uh, true story about the Boston Globe and their um, you know, expose pieces about the, the molestation going on in the Catholic Church and the Archdiocese, and really just a powerful film. Some people think it's kind of a slow burner. It's a little bit slow, but I was never bored at all. I was pretty much enthralled the whole movie. So uh, if you're into those kind of newsy movies, I, I think you'd you'd really enjoy that. All right, next we're going to get into the movies that I feel were uh, wrong, or <laughs> movies that should have won but didn't. Okay, so I'm going to kind of go through this quickly. Um these are ones that stood out to me as uh, movies that won, but I think other movies could have very easily won that same year. Uh, so in 1948, Hamlet won. I, I'm already bored saying Hamlet. Uh, so to me, The Treasure of the Sierra Madre is a much better film. Uh, definitely stands the test of time. I defy anyone to pick Hamlet over The Treasure of the Sierra Madre. In 1955, Marty won, which was a great film, um, but I would have picked either Picnic or Mr. Roberts. In 1958, uh, Gigi won, which is a musical. I would have gone with Auntie Mame instead. In 1969, Midnight Cowboy won, which a lot of people like, but it's a, it's a weird, dark film. But what stands the test of time? Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. That's what I would have picked. In 1980, now there's a lot of 1980s movies because, to me, that was just a pathetic decade for picking Oscar-winning movies when you had... Uh, a wealth of movies that really stand the test of time. People want to watch over and over again. And the ones that actually get picked for Oscars, does anybody really care about it that much? I don't know. So in 1980, Ordinary People won, but I think Raging Bull was a far superior film uh, along with Elephant Man. In 1981, Chariots of Fire won, and I would have gone with either Raiders of the Lost Ark, which would never have won because it's way too fun. Um, but I'd people still watch Raiders of the Lost Ark, and do they watch Chariots of Fire? I don't think so. Even on Golden Pond, I thought it was a lot better than Chariots of Fire. 
1982. Now, this was a great decade, or sorry, a great year for uh, movies. So Gandhi won. I get it. Ben Kingsley gives the performance of his career. Um, but here's also what was nominated that year. E.T., Tootsie, and The Verdict. So I, I get why Gandhi won, but I'm watching probably those other three movies more than Gandhi. 1985, Out of Africa. Yeah, I know some of the adults here and, and the movie <laughs> elite love Out of Africa. But look, I'm not saying Back to the Future should have won. It would never would have won. But who are, what are you watching now? Are you going to watch Out of Africa or are you going to watch Back to the Future? The 1% that says Out of Africa, I'm sorry, but I'm going with anything but Out of Africa. In 1987, The Last Emperor won, <laughs> and I would have picked Broadcast News or Fatal Attraction over that. 1990, Dance with Wolves won. Uh, Lindley absolutely despises this movie. <laughs> I don't despise it, but it, it's way too long. I would have picked Goodfellas over Dance with Wolves. 1994, Forrest Gump won. I really enjoyed Forrest Gump. Some people really hate Forrest Gump, but I could see Shawshank Redemption beating Forrest Gump. 1996, The English Patient won. I would have picked either Fargo, um, definitely Fargo, or Jerry Maguire. Some people don't like Jerry Maguire. I did. 1997, Titanic won. Ugh. Uh, I would have picked L.A. Confidential over Titanic. 1998, Shakespeare in Love, Gag Me. I would have picked Saving Private Ryan. 2003, Lord of the Rings. Oh, boy. Return of the King wins. I would have picked Mystic River or Seabiscuit. I think... Um, they probably wouldn't want to give it to Mystic River because it seemed like Clint was winning almost every year. Um, 2005, probably the worst Oscar-winning movie, and that would be Crash. Oh, my goodness. Um, not that I really loved any of the other movies that were nominated, but some of them had to be better in Crash. Brokeback Mountain, um, Capote. I liked Capote. Good uh, Good night and good luck. Boring. And Munich. Um, I don't know. Any of those are way better than Crash. Actually, I wish that Warren Beatty and Faye Dunaway had presented uh, when Crash won that year because then they would have probably given it to someone else. They were 12 years too late. And lastly, uh, Birdman. I know some people really like Birdman. I enjoy Michael Keaton, but I would have gone with American Sniper over Birdman. All right, this was fun. Now let's see what everyone else has to say about their favorite Oscar-winning movies and movies that they feel should have won that did not. Okay, Sarah's back, and she's always enthusiastic. Da, 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 da. <laughs> she has her list. She's fully prepared. So this... I this wrote it on the way to class, <laughs> boss. Thank you. <laughs> You're always a great That's student. Me, just fly by the seat of my pants. <laughs> We're doing your favorite Oscar winner for, for movie, and then you have to name a movie where you think it should have won or always been nominated that didn't, especially compared right. to what won that year. Right. This was a little bit difficult for me, seeing mm -hmm. as that most... Oscar movies make me want to slash my wrists yeah. and like become an alcoholic. I don't understand. It's like, or, or make me nauseous, like the cinematography and the black swan. Was it black swan? Yeah. Black swan. I'm like, oh, God, I'm dizzy. <laughs> so um, I would have to go, well, I have I narrowed it down. So okay. I probably would have to say Rain Man would be my one of my favorites because it's one of those movies that whenever it's on, yeah. I will stop on, what is it? T AMC or TNT or whatever uh -huh. and watch it and I know all the lines it's kind of creepy yeah um, but it was the first film where someone had played at least I that I had seen 
because I saw it when I was younger, yeah. where somebody played somebody who was mentally handicapped, yeah. and he just, and this was before the whole autism spectrum had really kind of broke ground, and it w- people were like, I remember my dad talk, explaining to me what like a savant was, and all mm-hmm. of a sudden I'm like, oh my god, it just, and I hate Tom Cruise, you know this. I, I know. hate Tom Cruise. <laughs> but and you like Dustin t- Hoffman. Right, love yeah. Dustin Hoffman, and he, but Tom Cruise is like the epitome of dick in this, too. Yeah. He's like classic, probably he's not acting, that's yeah. what's going on. Um, but yeah, it was just, it was good, and it and the ending wasn't super sappy. Like he, yeah. basically, it's like, oh, you think, oh, they're going to be together? Nope, his no. brothers all bye. Well, actually, I think you you picked that for the endings that should have changed, right. which is makes all point. Right. Well, what's ironic is I think Tom Cruise probably believes Scientology could fix <laughs> autism. Totally, you're <laughs> yeah. right. I know I didn't think about that's so, why he did the film. Yeah, but I just remember some of like the moment. The, it had those like moments where you just where you people all of a sudden just kind of clicks, you know, like where they're dancing mm-hmm. together, and then I remember the scene where. Um, Tom Cruise all of a sudden it fi- he figures out that it's his brother yeah that was like to where I'm like oh I feel bad like I actually was kind of like cool with Tom Cruise yeah. at that moment because it was like that oh moment. my god yeah you know <laughs> you see him grow heart so um, that was probably my favorite and other than that should I go into my other ones or no, uh, no keep going oh Driving Miss Daisy yes because freaking Morgan Freeman's great oh my god Morgan Freeman is great in everything I don't think I've seen anything I, do. I yeah. just I, I dig him so um I just like the like the time, you know, progression where it's like, okay, they start kind of getting older and she's such a crotchety little freaking Yeah, hag. Jessica Tandy. Right. Yeah. She's, she's, you know, I love her anyway, like fried green tomatoes oh, and all yeah. other crazy things. Batteries not included. Oh, my God. She's, <laughs> is she alive? No, she's not alive. Cocoon. She, she was in Cocoon. She was in she? Cocoon. Super cute. Yeah, she was. Uh-huh. She, her husband, he, I think Hume Cronin was. Right, right, right. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, th- I liked that one a lot. Just especially, I mean, there were some moments where I'm like, God, you figured the whole racist time and how sure. hard it was and whatever. And 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 this is way before movies like The Help came out. Right, right, so was, right. When Dan yeah. Aykroyd, when, no, one of the Aykroyds was in it. He played her the dad. I think her, you're right. Her son yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's just that was a good one. And the uh-huh. ending was cool. It's like he's freaking feeding this old lady pie yeah. and shit and whatever. Yeah. So um, they actually had a bond. Even right. Though, exactly. Even, yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And then um, lastly, I mm-hmm. Forrest Gump. Yeah. Uh, that's a movie that some people may say is too long, mm-hmm. but the soundtrack makes up for it. Sure. And again, the, the progression of time and the, the, you know, the consistencies of how they really kept on top, you know, where, you know, he's running and somebody gives him a shirt and he wipes his face and it's like the smiley it's, face. Yeah, and like how, nice yeah, yeah, he was the one that, you know, basically made all these pop culture, you know, references or yeah. you may kind of started the ball like on that. Like when he's running, he steps in shit. Right. He's he's like, like, it happens. Yeah. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. But, um, and at that time, it, the special effects on that, where they were kind of splicing, you know, him with Elvis or and the Kennedy. president, yeah. whatever, like that was, that hadn't been done up until that point. No. Not, you know, it was like, Oh my God, that's awesome. And look good. Like it looked right. legit. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, just again, the, you know, this oh my god! The, at the end, when he finds out that he's that little forest is his, oh my god! I ball like it could be on right now. I mean, like you're still you start getting, crying. You're right? in. He, and again, he plays a good mentally kind of challenged person. Yeah. You know, there's there's kind of a fine line to where it's like, can you do it? Can you not? Yeah. What's going on? But yeah, <laughs> but so, he always makes out in the end, right? Yeah. Exactly. So and it's a nice little American history lesson, right? From like oh, absolutely. The 50s to the yeah, 80s. yeah, absolutely. Kind of goes through everything and his sneakers and all that stuff. Yeah. So yeah, those are mine. Okay, and then we need the one where you you got hosed. You mean where I was like, why is this not an Oscar? Yeah. I actually, and I think why is this not shown in like schools? Probably because it's rated R and it's really inappropriate. But um, and it's hardcore. It's American yeah. History X yeah. is like, 
one because Ed Norton is my future ex-husband, um, and he doesn't know. He's supposedly very different. Apparently, restraining with. orders yeah. mean more to him than they do to me, and I'm not allowed within a hundred yards of him or whatever. So, um, but that movie, it, and Stacy Keach plays such a good asshole in that. Mm-hmm. But it just, um, it just, just to show how easily people like how hate is something that can be just influenced so easily, and it's like, you know, how he makes that guy, you know, friends with that guy and he realizes it's just all, you know, the guy in prison, the black yeah, guy yeah. and just mm-hmm. how it all goes down and the ending, of course, you're like, Fuck. well, yeah. But, and he ruins his brother. Right. So, yeah. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And it's like, but just, you know, in the beginning and then that, who's that, what's her name? Faruza Balak. God, she's, oh, yeah. she's hard. She and, is like somebody you don't want to run into. Beverly, Beverly D'Angelo's yeah, mom, right? It's like yeah. she came a long way from freaking uh, Vegas vacation. vacation. <laughs> well, Jesus. Well, so we did some research and then, uh, other movies that were nominated that year it would have been for the 99 Oscars since so it came when out American 90. History yeah. X came out so Shakespeare in Love won terrible uh, yeah Elizabeth oh <laughs> do those both have Gwyneth Paltrow uh, probably yeah uh, let it be noted that I have an imaginary shotgun in my mouth right now <laughs> just so just saying Life is Beautiful uh, another one Saving Private Ryan I think that okay, that, that definitely should have won over Shakespeare yeah, in Love yes, and then seriously. the Thin Red Line what was that one about I don't remember I'm looking it up um, let's see. Sean Penn, Adrian Brody, Jim Caviezel. Uh, Adrian Brody, I'm fine yeah. with him. He it's could've... an ensemble epic war film. So there's a lot of oh. war going on that year. Saving All right. Ryan. Well, then why did Shakespeare and Love win? They didn't want to go Is to that, war. That's not a depressing and like tragic, bleak movie. Why would it have won? I thought it has to be tragic and depressing yeah. in order to get an Oscar. American history should have won. Yeah. So, it should have. Come on. I think been, that's a great pick. You know so. what? They should have the people vote on Oscars. I, yeah. Not the Academy. Who is the Academy? I, well, that's I, the problem. I want to know how they're qualified. That's why they're changing what, it up. Have they done a movie? Is that what it is? You have <laughs> I to... think if you're in the in that actors guild, the screen guild, you get to vote on that. But, right, but, but like, people haven't been doing I'm it. I'm pretty for sure years, like man. any janitor can get one of those screen actors guild cards <laughs> if you apply after a while. It's just like a matter of being persistent. Maybe that's why Forrest Gump won. Yeah, probably. Thank you, Sarah. Later. <laughs> okay, so we're back with the dynamic duo of Lindley and Stephanie. Welcome back, guys. Hello, hello. <laughs> so after Last week's Oscar fiasco. This week we're going to talk about our favorite Oscar-winning movies for Best Picture. And we're also going to try to talk about uh, movies that you believe should have won Best Picture but didn't. Okay, so first I want to hear what is your all-time favorite Oscar-winning movie, if you can narrow it down to a few. Yeah, that's really hard. I mean, I I think Casablanca comes to mind. I watch it over and over and over again. I love Casablanca. Mm -hmm. I love everything about it. It's a perfect movie. You hate it? You hated it, didn't you? I've only seen it once. I definitely did not hate it. Oh, yeah. I love that. And you I saw it because I let you borrow it. Yeah, yeah. Brian mm-hmm. gave it to me to watch because I was like, yeah, the one movie that I've never seen, or I've seen parts of it. It was always on TV mm-hmm. or whatever growing up, but I'd never watched it from... No, it's a great it's a great movie. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I would watch it over and over again. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I love that but movie. I so watch that might have been one of your... over and over again. I don't watch... Yeah, right. I watch Wayne's World over and over again. <laughs> not normal But those things. are feel-good movies. The Royal Tenenbaums yeah. yeah. I watch over and over again. I don't watch normal so movies. So Casablanca yeah. probably would have been your favorite romantic movie, too, or one of them. Well, the thing about Casablanca that's interesting is uh, uh, it's not only the romance between, you know, the man and the woman. It's mm-hmm. also the romance between him and, and the... Paul and Reed. And Paul... Yeah. That's the... Yeah. That relationship is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and both of them are... And then you also have the relationship between him and Louis Armstrong. That's it. Uh, yeah, it's true. It's, just, it's so... Yeah, I think the characters... 
and the way the characters interact with mm -hmm. one another, it's beautiful and it's comfort food for me. Yeah. And it's on, it can just be on in the background mm -hmm. while you're working or if you're stressed out, you just put it on like you would put fire in the fireplace. That's right. Mm -hmm. Casablanca is, feels like home. Play it for her, <laughs> you can play it for me! <laughs> When was yeah, like Humphrey Bogart, <laughs> yeah. not my ideal oh, man. Oh, I like Humphrey No, he wasn't your traditional leading. Like, he, he was not like a leading. Today, punk. it would have been Ryan Gosling. And right, <laughs> right, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And oh, they should remake it with Ryan Gosling. Uh, big prof. Oh, God. Well, he's that character. Sorry, I'm yeah. going to like, uh, it's, no, it's, okay. it's, it's the archetype. Or the, yeah. Yeah, he's the archetype of the, he looks like he's rough and tough and yeah. mean, but actually has a heart of gold. Sure. You know, he keeps everybody on salary, mm -hmm. even though they're not making any money. And he's always trying to help people. And right. Not, you That's know, nice. and not take credit for it. Because yeah. it's it's up to that point, Bogey had always been a, um, like a character gangster Mm -hmm. actor like he was always in those james cagney movies yeah. and then finally once the maltese falcon came out they were starting to give him more prominent roles and yeah. so and i think casablanca was the first one no the man yeah. looks good in a white jacket lord <laughs> have mercy the tailoring of that jacket is something else and he got warren mccall so he couldn't be all that bad beautiful <laughs> okay linway what is your favorite oscar winning yeah, movie on this list i really would not have been able to come up with it without having help yeah, this Google Doc. So I guess I got to say, even though this is um, terrible, it's one of those one of those things I struggle with that I love it so much. I love Annie Hall. That's yeah. maybe I can watch over and over again, but it really kills me that, that the Allen. legacy of Woody yeah. Allen now. It's like, oh Yeah. But it's actually um, one of the few so, comedies that won. Yeah, yeah, it's just such a great, I just think it's a really, really great movie. Yeah. Yeah, like yeah. from start to finish, so good. Um, and the relationship between him and Diane Keaton in that film or yeah except for now so I, I mean I can't stand Woody Allen I know now, even then I mean that's funny I remember my mom saying yeah like Woody Allen and Alan Alda were like yeah. the two hot guys of the 70s Alan and it's Alda. like Woody Allen <laughs> I mean yeah. Alan Alda I could see it he's kind of handsome he's yeah. tall and handsome but um you know Woody Allen no. Woody Allen yeah it was it was neurotic was sexy I guess I, I don't know I don't know I just think that's so strange well that's why it was it was always funny because there's no way in real life if he wasn't Woody Allen that yeah. he was going to get Diane Keaton or no like and that, he yeah. should have stopped there because as he got older before he started replacing himself with male younger leads when he was that Mira Sorvino and yeah. Woody Allen it was just like oh it's dude creepy. you're delusional <laughs> yeah. like you know you married your daughter and you were just yeah. like you've turned this like yeah maybe it was charming when you were much younger yeah right? No. Um, well, actually, yeah. I can only, maybe the artist is, and that's kind of a comedy. Um, that's, I haven't seen there that, really haven't yeah. been that many comedies that have won, yeah. which is too bad because comedies are just as important as you know, really highbrow drama films. That's right. And I love been. Godfather and Godfather Part Two. Yeah. Get to the eighties. Well, it started to go downhill in '79 with Kramer vs. Kramer, which yeah, isn't see, a bad like movie. It's not Kramer, a bad yeah. movie, but then the okay. '80s it was like Chariots of Fire and Ordinary People and. Movies like that. I mean, those last Emperor. like Oscar winners. Last Emperor, Snorville. Yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> there's a funny, because in college, I definitely wa we watched yeah. all the Oscar winners. Like, we would rent them. Yeah. Rent them. So, so that's weird. how I saw Dances with Love. I didn't see yeah. it when it came out. I saw it many years after, and I hate that movie. Yeah. And I, I saw Forrest Gump in the theater. That was mm -hmm. actually in the 90s. But um, I hate Forrest Gump. I hate Forrest Gump. So, so. why do you hate Forrest Gump? Because Malin didn't like it either, but it's... It is yeah. so... Um, yeah, it's just very trite and corny, and I didn't buy any of it. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I just really thought it was corny, like the imposing him on all these important historical events, mm -hmm. like... And then the whole eight, the girlfriend who dies of AIDS and then mm -hmm. he adopts a child. It's just like... I mean, I think they've done... Um, 
you know, if you, what is the movie? Is it in, it's in uh, Tropic Thunder. If you go retarded, you get the Oscar. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> yes, don't go full. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you get the Oscar yeah. or something. It's like, it's so bad. I just yeah. can't. Yeah, I can't. And then it was the whole, uh, I am Sam. The oh yeah, because he went full there. Went yeah. Full, yeah, but but if know. you're like autistic or idiot savant like Rain Man it's okay it yeah. Yeah, I, don't know. I think the reason why I think Forrest Gump works I don't think it should have won Best Picture uh, but <laughs> yeah. I love Tom Hanks it works it's, yeah. it's because Tom Hanks is America right he's the metaphor for America mm-hmm. yeah. so I kind of like that idea because our history is so messed up and we've done right. so many horrible things mm-hmm. as a country and yet every once in a while the sun shines us and we're noble and we do the right thing and so yeah. there's just something very well, interesting okay, and let me, yeah, yeah, about let me that. say I think mm-hmm. if it hadn't have been Harold it is, is I think it's like the Saturday Night Live skits now about La La Land that's yeah. like I just didn't like it yeah. you know, it's like La La Land is the greatest movie of yeah. all time I should have said that La La Land is my favorite movie yeah. that was wrong yeah. um, you know I just didn't I feel like because it was so heralded I mean everybody yeah. loved it everybody talked about yeah. it everybody saw it a million times that mm-hmm. I was I just when I saw it I was like yeah. really Forrest Gump so who was yeah. the dude in the wheelchair that was so like he didn't have legs. He was the vet. Oh, Lieutenant Dan. That's Lieutenant um, Dan. So Willem Dafoe. No, it's kind of Gary Sinise. Gary Sinise. Yeah, I like Gary Sinise. Who then kidnapped uh, Mel Gibson's son yeah. and ransom after that? <laughs> 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 Gary Sinise. Yeah. Like an encyclopedia of film. He is. This is what I did. Really I didn't go outside. Is. I watched movies. So. <laughs> no, but Shawshank Redemption was robbed that year. Yeah, I agree with no, that. No way. Shawshank Redemption is one of the greatest films that's ever been made. And that, yeah. there's where it's the short-sightedness, I think, of the Academy. Because right now, I think Shawshank Redemption will always stand the test of time. People will yeah. enjoy that. It's a perfect ending. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, that's where, I, not that I, I haven't seen La La Land. Yeah. It's not my type of movie. But I think Me in either. 20 years, I think people will enjoy seeing La La Land instead of Moonlight. I think Moonlight is... Moonlight's we It's of the time. Yeah. And, it's a but, moment picture. Right. Yeah. But in 20 years, you're going to want, want to watch La La Land, yeah. I think. Yeah. You don't think Moonlight is like ordinary people? Kind of. Yeah, exactly. It's like a touching that slice of life. Yeah. Um, not that there's anything wrong with that, but I just don't... I don't think they think of the future. <laughs> Maybe they shouldn't, but... I don't think La La just too again it's like forced gum to me i don't know too i don't know i never agree with oscar winners anyway i've never mm-hmm. no i think la la land on seeing them is a therapy caring. session mm-hmm. i've said it before anybody that ever had a what if relationship in their life mm-hmm. it's cathartic and i think that's why we love it and we've embraced it yeah. because it just allows you to deal with all of that stuff about the one that got away and what could have been and you deal with it all just, during the meet and you just let it go i just feel like this is the odd couple here yeah you just let it go same person since so I was good. 23 so who got away my 19 year old boyfriend no well, uh, for you there isn't that one but like you know one. if you do if you have that but story you in your like life you have that where story. You, you wonder what could have no, no make no mistake married with two children <laughs> very happily married let's, okay, let me be clear because you, you think about back in the day like what could have happened was there Brian. like She's there was a exactly Brian okay stop taping <laughs> no, but I, yeah, I think it's a it's it's therapeutic. Mm-hmm. I, I highly recommend it for anybody that you know has some issues in the mm-hmm. past with a previous relationship. Go see it because I appreciate that you love out. like you love all movies. You love good yeah. things, like you love good movies that mm-hmm. I like, and you like movies that I don't necessarily like. But you but you fully love them. You see them fully wide open without yeah. the snarky voice that I constantly have in my head. Right, this so is, that's what I have. I have the snarky this voice. This is in my the head gift head. that Roger Ebert gave to me. Okay, Roger Ebert <laughs> would take something that the world was just 
like hated. Yeah. And he would be okay with mm-hmm. it. Except the bodyguard. And the brown bunny. He was wrong about the bodyguard <laughs> the from bunny. day one. Okay, but you, I can't believe you, of all people, hated the English patient. Oh, yeah, the English surprising. patient pissed me off. I love the English patient. Now, I love the English patient and I love Fargo. So, yes, yeah. Fargo is one of my favorite movies of all time. Ever. Yeah. Like, yeah. that is a You would have picked that. Yeah. Oh, I mean, but I love the English person. I thought the mm-hmm. English person was great. I love World War II stories. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I was at the time reading Herodotus for a class. Mm. So I was like, I felt, this was like my one year of graduate school and I was reading Herodotus. So I felt that was the book he carried around with himself and made all the notes in. So I mm-hmm. felt really connected. I loved that. Um, I loved World War II stories in different parts mm-hmm. of the world, not just um, Europe or mm. the Pacific. Right. You know, that this was in Africa mm-hmm. and they were in Italy and like just that different twist. I love the story between yeah. Juliet Binoche and the Sikh, Aww. the guy who played the mm-hmm. Sikh yeah. character. Um, but as a it whole, it was just like to... different stories of different people's time in World War II sure. and how they all got there. Like the Hungarian, the guy with the he talked like this, he burned, and how he got there. I just thought it was so fascinating. I loved it. Yeah. But as an audience as a whole, do you think Fargo holds up better for a wider range of people? No, I still think that I think the English Patient is way more Oscar worthy, and that's mm-hmm. one of those books. I read the book. I really did love the movie. Okay. I read the book, and the movie is much better to me than, than the, the book. book. Okay, yeah, I don't know. It was just so sweeping and so interesting. That was just such a crazy time of life. You know, like mm-hmm. fam- I mean, my family is here today because of sure. wh- what happened in World War Two. Right, yeah. like my husband got to where he is based That's right. on you know, and then. Mm-hmm. Not me. We were just in California. My but, boring, but yeah, but no, like, yeah. like the whole world events Absolutely. turned. Like people's lives, like your future generations were forged during this because time. Of that. So I just uh-huh. thought that was. I gotta I watch know. it again now. Yeah. She <laughs> never speaks this highly of anything ever. People, go get the English patient. I'm proud of you, Lord Wendy. Mercy, because all we usually talk about is is um, <laughs> Wayne's World think, and Austin Powers. Wayne's World. Wayne's World was really robbed in 1992. And, and Austin Powers. Awesome. And Valley Girl. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but can I can I really quickly, because you know I Absolutely. have to do this. This yeah. is my, my pitch for Oscars. Why I love yeah. the Oscars, why I always have. Yes, they have a diversity problem and they're working on that. Mm-hmm. That's the asterisk. But And I've told you this many yeah. times. Yeah. I think the Oscars are one of the most, like, they drive money to movies that wouldn't get made otherwise. Okay. And granted, I mean, in this day and age, yes, you know, mm-hmm. you can make movies on far many more platforms than you could. But when I was growing yeah. up... You, you, we've talked about this too, mm-hmm. you know, where there was only one or two movies in the theater and right. you went to see both of them because that's all that was there. Mm-hmm. And Oscar allows for us to explore stories and topics that I don't, mm-hmm. you know, wouldn't get that same range. And I think like that's how you're going to educate this country. Mm-hmm. You're going to educate this country through really well-made films. Mm-hmm. That's it. And that's how you're going to help to create points of view that people wouldn't have otherwise. Okay. And so this is why all hail Oscar. Like I am, I'm a fan and I show up every single year because I think it's great filmmaking, but it's also really great storytelling that teaches. So Mm -hmm. I am, you know, thumbs up for Oscar. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, obviously there has to be political battles on the, Mm -hmm. uh, because they really politic their films. And so I don't know if that takes away from part of that where it just, it, it should be the best film, not not necessarily because it did well at the box office. I don't I don't think just yeah. because you made a lot of money it means it's good. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. Sometimes I feel that they're trying to be almost yeah. too nichey. Where the, oh, sometimes there is a reason why nobody saw this because it is depressing as hell and it's yeah. not you know. 
that uplifting. Well, no, and I'm so, sure it's yeah. it's re- it's probably behind closed doors. It's far more cynical. Oh yeah, you know, it's yeah. Weinstein going, okay, what are my projects going to be this right. year? Yeah. What are the elements that get us an Academy Award right. nomination? You know, where is it? Mm-hmm. Add that in there. You know, I'm so sure where I, I totally appreciate the idealism that you have, and I yeah. think that's what we all want to think. Yeah. But I don't know. This maybe the cynicism that I have towards. Um, Hollywood and yeah. how they kind of go about making films where it's more to manipulate us instead of to inspire us. Yeah. That's kind of... Ah, oh, um, you think Moonlight is manipulating? No, no, no. I'm not oh. talking about Moonlight. <laughs> I'm not, <laughs> not like, talking like, about Moonlight at all. I haven't seen La La Land or Moonlight, so I have no opinion. But, but sometimes uh, I think they just... Okay, so we're... I'm not saying this happened this year, but last right. year was the Oscar so white. Yeah. This year was like, okay, do we overcompensate? And I'm not saying they did, but you have that in the back of your mind. So they couldn't just win on their own merit now. You have a certain section of society that's saying, well, of course, now this is uh, affirmative action in, right, right. in the Oscars, which doesn't have to be true. Right. Um, but I think Moonlight will be tainted now in a way because of yeah. what happened a year prior. And it shouldn't be that way. If Moonlight's a great movie, it's a great movie regardless of when it came out. Yeah. So. Yeah, no, they've got a long way to go. I hear you there. I mean, I think they have a, a type, especially for female. I mean, how oh, is a woman a non-20-something or early 30s? Isn't that yeah. true? And it's still happening. Meryl Streep yeah. or your <laughs> 22. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Your Gwyneth Paltrow, your Emma Stone. Your, I mean, you can yeah. name it on and on and on. Kate Winslet. Like Jennifer Kate Lawrence. Winslet won. Yeah. Jennifer Lawrence. Mm-hmm. Kate Winslet won when Leo was not even Gosh, nominated. that's so true. You like her white guy. I think he's a good yeah. actor. But the one that didn't show up, Natalie Portman. Like that's yeah. just, did yeah. she win for Black Swan, right? She did, and she then she, she was nominated, and she wasn't there yeah. for whatever reason. So. I think she was pregnant, right? She might have Wasn't been. she? Yeah. She or she knew she was going to win. <laughs> She's like, I'm not going to win. She did, Kiss win. My ass. she did win for Black Swan. She did win for Black Swan. But that, there's okay. your younger no, it's female. always it's always one of those. You give me a list of the five actresses. Yeah. It's like, oh, it's going to be Emma Stone, right? Yeah. It's not gonna Which be is yeah, else. and I that's... and she's also kind of the it girl. Like mm-hmm. Gwyneth Paltrow was the it girl at that time. Kate Winslet was the it girl. It's always these like itty it itish yeah. actresses that get. Well, you bring up a good point. I think the um, especially for females, yeah. it's really unfair because yeah. it's like your male street. I think it's always that. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. never it's. Once you get to a certain age. I can't even think Although the it. French actress that was nominated this year, that was true. nice. True. I like that. But that would have been interesting when she had done her acceptance nominated. speech. She's and, a trip. And, and I, oh, I loved her in the Golden Globes. Yeah. She was a trip. <laughs> and Viola Davis is kind of like the new um, Meryl Streep in, in a way, because she's yeah. winning nonstop she acclaim. A lot. Always a yeah. supporting actress. Always. Yeah. Always. Yeah. That's a good point. <laughs> I mean, it's called, all, you, yeah. yeah. Thank you, guys. This was fun. Glad to have the dynamic duo back. <laughs> okay, so we're back. Maywin's back. Hello. Welcome back. This week we're going to do our favorite Oscar winning movies for Best Picture. And hopefully we're going to have a movie where you felt should have won over whatever actually won that particular year, if you can think of any. Uh, But first, I want to hear your favorite Oscar winning movies. Okay, well, the Oscars suck. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so we went so from Stephanie, who loves Oscars, to Malin, who's <laughs> anti. So, so it's funny. So my husband and mother-in-law mm-hmm. have, like, the Oscars as, like, one of their national holidays. Okay. They spend it every year together, and they have for, I don't know, like, probably 30-plus years. Mm-hmm. Um, it's their Super Bowl. Yeah, it yeah. is. Mm-hmm. It really is. And the interesting thing about preparing for this... Um, this week yeah. was I realized when I fell out of love with the Oscars. <laughs> it was during the '90s. I think that was when I was really becoming um, familiar with uh, cinema as something beyond just something that you kind of chew on for an hour sure. and like take off and forget that you ever saw it or whatever. Mm-hmm. 
And yeah, a lot of things, um, yeah, I have a lot of disagreements with the 90s. So mm -hmm. I think that's where I kind of like veered away. And okay. ever since then, it's it's been an increasingly um, messy kind of thing. So I haven't really fallen back in love with it. Although it is fun to, um, to go with my husband and mother-in-law. There was a cinema in... Um, near where we live that okay. just does a whole day thing like a people go winners. in and they serve food uh -huh. and they do trivia and that's fun uh, yeah, yeah 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 that was fun uh -huh. now if we only just didn't have to watch the Oscars it would have been even more fun because <laughs> um, <laughs> you know it, it never ceases to amaze me beyond like the controversies of like what got nominated and what won or whatever yeah so these are like this is the most concentrated group of people responsible for making manifest our wildest fantasies and desires yeah. and they couldn't possibly be bothered to write even two sentences worth listening to for mm. the entire four hour, 10 hour broadcast. Like their speeches. It is the worst <laughs> yeah. written. So it's yeah. prepared. They've yeah. written it in advance. It's yeah. horrible. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No. So those aren't great. <laughs> um, anyway, so maybe I should start, like you say, with like Oscar winners that I think are like fantastic. Yeah. Um, okay, so all about Eve, nineteen fifty. Uh -huh. No disagreement. Yeah, with that, that is just an imminently quotable movie. Yeah, uh, you have Betty Davis just chewing every little bit of the scene. Yeah, she's so good. At uh huh. Um, that was a tough one. So I did it by decade, and oh, so that was it. Was yeah. between All About Eve and On the Waterfront, and I leaned towards On the Waterfront. But again, you yeah. can't go wrong with either. Yeah. Well, and and I have additional love for All About Eve just because I'm a big theater nerd, yeah. and um, and also I absolutely love Alma Devar's film um, All About My Mother, mm. which has a lot of um, uh, resonances with that film yeah. as well. So it's kind of yeah, they kind of in my mind now they kind of go together sure. in a beautiful little package. Mm -hmm. Um, however, the thing about All About Eve that I think is interesting is it beat out Sunset Boulevard. Yeah. Arguably like the first psycho bitty film. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and also and maybe it, even yeah. All About Eve is kind of a psycho bitty In a way, film. maybe of uh, things that come. <laughs> but it's interesting because Sunset Boulevard was kind of an indictment on Hollywood and old Hollywood. Yeah. And I don't know if they could actually get you know, away with that. voting against it where like, you know, La La Land is kind of like, hey, we mm -hmm. love Hollywood. It's great. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, which in a while is going to kind of come back because uh -huh. my big grievance with uh, the Oscars in like the 2000s mm -hmm. is that Mulholland Drive got even snubbed for a nomination. Yeah. But it's that same thing. It's kind of like the the Pomo Sunset Boulevard where it takes, well, anyway. Yeah, we'll, we'll get we'll into it. We'll probably get to that. Uh -huh. um, so ones uh, you still like, ones... Yeah, yeah, the yeah. One. So, All About Eve is awesome. Oh, Lawrence of Arabia. Uh -huh. I actually like that one a lot. Mm -hmm. I don't know why, because it's kind of the formula for a movie that I wouldn't like. Like, Ben-Hur, like, I'm like, oh, okay, sure. great, yeah, give it a... Long epic. Yeah, 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 give it Best Picture or whatever. Yeah. If it's, it's, you know, it, what, was it a Best Picture because you're awarding the audience for sitting through it, or... <laughs> Was it best picture because of the epic nature of it, where you go through such a long journey sure. through the film? But uh, well, in that no, case, I, Ten I, Commandments should have won. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so Lawrence of Arabia, and the thing that amazed me about that was when I looked um, at that, it mm -hmm. beat out To Kill a Mockingbird. Right. <gasps> I know that's a tough one. Unthinkable today. Yeah. Like if I didn't know what the nominees were and I just saw 1962 Lawrence of Arabia, yeah. I'd be like, the music, the casting, the acting, Makes the sense. sets, and everything—it's a beautiful film. Yeah. But To Kill a Mockingbird, 
Ooh, I know. Scandalous. There's one where between the book and the movie, how do you, how do you pick? Because the novel's such a classic, but the right. movie is just as good, in my opinion. So, yeah. yeah. No, absolutely. I would say um, that even though I uh, am citing Lawrence of Arabia sure. as a movie that I like that one, yeah. I don't think by today's standards... Um, I would hope to see it win over To Kill a Mockingbird. Right. Where uh, I think To Kill a Mockingbird probably stands the test of time better. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Okay, 1984, Amadeus. Yeah. <laughs> That's a brilliantly fun movie. And I actually uh, just saw the National Theatre of London's um, production. They do mm-hmm. those uh, cine- simulcasts. Yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. Mike and I went and saw it this week. Um, and that was, that was really interesting to yeah. see the stage version. So it's a... Uh, uh, yeah, so Amadeus. It's um, interesting to see Beethoven, or that character, or the actor that played Beethoven, was also or Mozart. Actually, oh, sorry, yeah, yeah, Mo- yeah. Uh, yeah. What am I thinking? <laughs> Mozart uh, <laughs> was in Animal House. That was um, oh yeah, Tom Holtz. Right? Yeah, exactly. So he was the the oh. guy who took the underage girl home, <laughs> who was the, I think the mayor's daughter. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Not bad. In six so, years. Um, interesting little bit of trivia that I mm-hmm. found out. So F. Murray Abraham plays Salieri in the film. Mm-hmm. Do you know who originated the role on Broadway? No, no. Ian McKellen. No way. Yes. Oh, that's good. That's yeah, good stuff. Yeah, yeah, Ian McKellen's one of my favorite stage actors mm-hmm. right now. I've seen him in a few things, and he's uh, kind of a pitch-perfect performer yeah. live. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Um, amazing stuff. Uh, let's see what else. Silence of the Lambs. Yeah. This is another one where I love the film that won, Yeah. but I also love another one of the films that was nominated. Yeah. Um, and the tones between these two films could not be more different. And I think you having heard about the types of films I like, yeah. you'd be surprised that uh-huh. I would even say this. Disney's Beauty and the Beast was nominated really? that year. <laughs> yeah. And so you do like Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, like I do. I do. Yeah. Now, I'm a little bit weird about it because I prefer to watch it when... Um, so if you watch the streaming or the DVD version, mm-hmm. you can um, listen to the... It dubbed in French. Oh. Mm-hmm. And the French dubbing, they've used they used performers that didn't do these very kind of um, juvenile kind of I, I don't know how to describe the voices very high cutesy kind of cutesy. Yeah. Yeah, they they have a more adult tone to the voices. Interesting. Um, so it actually grounds the film a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. And either way, I actually think it's sure. a pretty remarkable film. Okay, Schindler's List. Yep. But it was up against the piano and remains of the day that year. So it's mm-hmm. like, yes, yes, yes. I understand. Yeah. Give it to Schindler. It was going to totally, win. Yeah. Totally, totally, totally. Uh-huh. There's no chance. But uh, to imagine that it was up against two really, really right. e- epically fantastic and films in my probably watch the other ones over and over, whereas Schindler's List is a tough one to watch over and over. Right. Absolutely. So it's amazing. No, I yeah. totally agree mm-hmm. with you. Yeah. I've seen it probably... Twice, yeah. Uh, once in the theaters, and then once um, because I was in high school at the time. They right. had us watch it mm-hmm. at in school yeah. when it came out mm-hmm. on video, and I don't think I've seen it since then. Although it had enough of a impact on me that I feel that I remember it very, very well. Yeah, yeah. Um, agreed. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the next year, '93, Forrest Gump won. <laughs> you know how I feel about Forrest Gump. I was actually surprised to see that it won. I can't say that I'm happy that it won. Mm-hmm. But it was up against Pulp Fiction. I know. Actually, and Shawshank. And Shawshank, that's yeah. right. But it's easier for me to say that Pulp Fiction mm-hmm. is the one that's going to stand a better test sure. of time in terms of the influence that it has had on cinema beginning, like, the very moment it came out. Right. The, no hesitation. Everyone was... I, I think the film industry was just amazed by um, 
the boundaries that that film put sure. at the time. I agree. And yep. a lot of things started to emulate it. Mm-hmm. Oh, and No Country for Old Men. Uh-huh. Totally agreed with that win. Mm-hmm. Just think it's such a pitch-perfect film. Um, the acting is amazing. The storytelling is amazing. I like the narrative arc of it. Um, unlike Mike, I'm not weirded out by the ending. I think it's a <laughs> oh, it's a cool ending. ending, yeah. Yeah, I think it's gorgeous and impactful. Yeah. But I understand he doesn't think so. Sure, and that's fine. I, I could see how like, maybe... You can agree to disagree on that one. Yeah, no, no, I think he's wrong, actually. He's totally wrong. Um, okay, so a couple... Other the other way, way. Uh-huh. Where I just hate that these movies won. Sure. And it's not that there's anything that was nominated that was better against sure. them. I'm just going to be forever bitter against the Oscars. Fair. They got nominated one. Uh-huh. Um, Gladiator in 2000. <laughs> yep. Fuck that. <laughs> you know? And then 2012, Argo. Like, yeah. What the hell? Yeah. That Where did came, that come from? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I looked at the things that were nominated against it, but I just didn't care. I was just like, yeah. why was it even nominated? 2010s weren't that, haven't been that bad, but then Argo's like the weird one out yeah. of those that, that did actually win. Well, wasn't it kind of forgotten second it yeah. accepted its award? Pretty like, much. Yeah. yeah. Who cares? Exactly. Um, okay, some where... Uh, so now yeah. some where... Um, you wish the movie had won an Oscar over whatever won. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm siding with the nominees. Okay. Um, so yeah, yeah. 1945, mm-hmm. uh, The Lost Weekend won. And you know, I'm being particularly uh, irresponsible about this because I haven't seen The Lost Weekend. Okay. But it was up against Mildred Pierce and Spellbound. Yeah, yeah. All great movies. You know, Hitchcock's okay. only won one... Oscar winning movie and that was Rebecca wow I know isn't that crazy that's stunning yeah and that was one of his other ones you know although it's it's funny because you, uh, it's kind of a lottery in a sense it because is you can have the greatest uh, um, collaborative artistic force behind a film yeah. including director um, uh, actors writers uh, composers and whatnot mm-hmm. but um just because they're doing consistently great work over time doesn't mean that they're necessarily going to win the lottery in the year that you would hope that they necessarily it's would. Really true. Like your Pulp Fiction, for yep. example, or um, Hitchcock. Yeah. Like, that Rebecca is the one that the Academy the is going to yeah. you know, acknowledge his like lifetime work for is it's crazy. It seems, um, yeah. Yeah. There's a whole. But I agree with you. Both, <laughs> yeah. both Spellbound and Mildred Pierce are amazing. Lost yeah. Weekend's the type of movie that would win today, though, too. Like, because he's, um, he's an alcoholic, he's going through that struggle. Right. He, it, it is a great, it's a depressing movie, but it is a, you know, Ray Moland does a terrific job, and Jane mm-hmm. Wyman's great as, as his... You know, and if I, I should, that's why I say I'm being very responsible mm-hmm. about it, because I haven't seen it. Yeah. I love Ray Moland. Yeah. He, if I, and now, what you're describing, yeah. I might even, but anyway. I agree with, I've seen all three, and I oh, agree okay. with you. So, okay, yeah, I think either Mildred Pierce, which is yeah. one of Joan Crawford's best movies, I like oh, all, yeah. a lot of her movies, yeah. And I would lean towards Spellbound between mm-hmm. those two. Gregory Peck and Ingrid Bergman, yeah. yeah. And Salvador Dali. That's true. That's, yeah. that's true. All the crazy um, yeah, all the spinning. Dream sequences. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Yep. Um, okay. So, 1964, My Fair Lady won against Dr. Strangelove. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you, a that's lot of a musical, for me. A lot of musicals won in the 60s. Oh, I know. Because you had Sound of Music and My Fair Lady. And, and a lot of them yeah. didn't win, too. Uh, just in terms of like the glut of them being nominated. Yeah. Like Fiddler on the Roof, was that 60s, I think? Or? I believe so, yeah. Yeah, so... But Dr. Strangelove, that's the one that we should probably send into space. So, yeah. you know, like 10 days from now, you know, whenever the apocalypse happens, <laughs> whether it's 10 days from now or like 10 years from now, right. well, 
you know, 10 days or 10 weeks. I think right. we're, we're counting this as days and weeks now. <laughs> okay. Um, you know, like that should be like the, the signpost, the yeah. intergalactic signpost for intelligent life. Mm-hmm. I hope it's coming to save <laughs> us, you know, to, to, to have, have some indication that maybe they should take a left turn because mm-hmm. insanity lies ahead. <laughs> we always movie's have movies though, Malin. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and we have Dr. Strangelove, yeah. which is, you know, it's a uh, very prophetic, satire, yeah. mm-hmm. but, yeah, but it's a little bit too close to home yeah, too sometimes. Yep. Um, okay, French Connection in 1971 versus Clockwork Orange. I'm not going to slight French Connection. Yeah. But, again, I think Clockwork Orange arguably has had a more um, global impact. Sure. Well, not global, but in terms of like the Western cinema. And definitely independent filmmaking mm-hmm. impact. Absolutely. But the 70s just had a wealth of riches where mm-hmm. it's hard to disagree with anything that actually won, but there were so many other good films. Yeah. It was just, that's the lottery. You're going up yeah. against either The Godfather or The Sting or The French right. Connection or The One Flew Over the You're done. So yeah. what's going on now? It seems yeah. like since the, the aughts and the teens this century mm-hmm. uh, they've increased the number of nominees but it's still a thinner pack i was it looking is. and i was just like i don't care exactly pick uh, yeah pick one and throw it away Let's it, just yeah move on so i think that's more of an indictment of today's yeah. picture making than anything yeah yeah, yeah. And it's interesting okay here's here's a big beef i have ordinary people in 1980 versus the elephant man totally i that was one of mine that i picked too oh, and raging okay. bull so yeah. both black and white in 1980 yeah. which is interesting yeah and um and, and i've talked about elephant yeah man here before so i won't go into but i agree detail on that but yeah. i think that's just a fantastic emotional picture yeah and i think ordinary people is kind of like the short-sightedness of the oscars where mm-hmm. both elephant man and raging bull kind of t- stand the test of time today where i don't think ordinary people resonates like it did maybe in 1980 yeah i don't think a lot of people remember it mm-hmm. uh, no let me say a lot of i don't think a lot of younger generations have been exposed absolutely to that one. they probably never even where, heard it. Yeah. yeah and you know same could i pro- probably maybe even be said about elephant man but not so much about Raging Bull. Raging Bull, just it's a boxing movie, and it's De Niro yeah. and Scorsese. But uh, yeah, I'm surprised how many people haven't seen Elephant Man. But I think uh, if you start to do your history and your like, mm-hmm. if you go back to Anthony Hopkins, people right. might discover it too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so I'm gonna skip over some of these where I'm being really nitpicky. <laughs> Um, <laughs> who knew I could be nitpicky? <laughs> so, uh, so going from Elephant Man yeah. and now to 2001, where Beautiful Mind won. Mm. <laughs> um, and Mulholland Drive wasn't nominated, but the director was. I think the film should have been nominated. Mm-hmm. Um, again, going back to what we were talking about with Sunset Boulevard, yeah. where it's like this. It's not even just an indictment of any one thing. It's an indictment of a great many things. Yeah. It's an indictment of... Hollywood. It's an indictment of Hollywood in terms of film production for movies, in terms of production for television. Mm-hmm. Um, not only in what's uh, what you see in the film, but even in terms of the way that it was produced over a great many years. Yeah. It, it's just a, got an amazing story behind it as well. But also in terms of an indictment of the American psyche and the dreams that Hollywood has produced yeah. and that we've kind of consumed and are now regurgitated, uh, regurgitating, but not really thinking a lot about. And this is a film where you can't really not think about mm. what the media of cinema has done to the American psyche. 
Um, and I just love that film and that it didn't at least get nominated. Yeah. Just, I think it's conspicuous. Mm-hmm. I think it's really conspicuous. I agree. Yeah. But, so that's, that I really, I, I, I will probably never get over the Oscars <laughs> for that. They, if that, my heart if wasn't that's the broken, moment where you're like, I'm done. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Well, I jilted in the 90s yeah. and absolutely heartbroken here. Yeah. Uh, and then Gosford Park. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, Gosford Park, I love that one because, this is totally nerdy, but it's, uh, first, it's a murder mystery out in the English countryside. Mm-hmm. Right up totally, your alley. Totally yep. my thing. Uh-huh. Um, Spoiler alert, uh-huh. but I think the best thing about it, it's the second film where Helen Mirren kills a character played by Michael Gambon. That's the interesting. first of which is one of my absolute favorite films, The Cook, The Thief, His Wife, and Her Lover. Which you've talked about. And Yeah, yeah and so I'm sitting there watching Gosford Park in a theater in Ventura <laughs> when it had just come out, and they're both in the film. He dies, and I'm already hoping she'd done it. You're one of the few people just, in the movie. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I was just thinking it would be such kind of weird, karmic, cinematic beauty for right. that circle to close yep. and for her to take him out again. Uh-huh. And it did. And I couldn't have been more happy about it. <laughs> See, this is why we have, you know, film buffs like this that, that recognize these little connections that a lot of people just go right over their head. And I've never heard anyone be insane enough to even care about that. But hey, I, I you, hope that they joked about it on set. They probably really did. You would they hope did. they did. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. Um, okay. So I have some others, but I don't know if they're worth mentioning. Mm-hmm. The other thing I wanted to mention was... I said I've kind of fell out of love with the Oscars in the 90s. Yeah. So one of the reasons, I think, is because I was aware of the Cannes Film Festival. Mm. And it was sending out a lot of winners that I was really, really fascinated with at the time. Mm -hmm. Um, Some of my favorite films for the 90s actually got, um, were lauded at Cannes. And Mm -hmm. it's, it's a different situation because... The Oscars are rewarding films that have been out, right. and Cannes is a film festival, so it's all about you know films are going new to get films. yeah mm-hmm. new films that, that haven't gotten into marketing, they haven't gotten into distribution right. yet. So it's usually like a maybe a, a, like a litmus test of what to kind of watch out sure. for that's on the way and not on the way out. Mm-hmm. Um, I so think this th- is great because um, you know the. Stephanie will probably be ahead of you in order when I put this all together, but she was really lauds the Oscars for you know bringing forth, bringing to light movies that really don't get their their just due. But actually, your the Cannes Film Festival is kind of the one that that really yeah. does that, I think, yeah. uh, or is the right place for it. So I'm just going to read through what won in the '90s. Sure, um, Wild at Heart, mm-hmm. Peter yeah. Pan, is my heart. Yeah, this well, isn't so, for Con. Yeah, yeah, this is yeah. Con's Palm yeah. Door. So Wild at Heart, absolutely love that mm-hmm. movie. Uh, for all the wrong reasons and all the right reasons. Barton Fink, yeah. which I think is the first film that I just uh, totally plunged me into an unending love for the Coen brothers. Mm-hmm. Um, the Best Intentions, I know nothing about. I'm just mm-hmm. reading these. Sure. Farewell My Concubine and The mm-hmm. Piano, both won in 93. Mm-hmm. Two of my absolute favorite films. Um, uh now, if only Raise the Red Lantern had also won during one of these years, uh-huh. I think I would almost have like a full set in the 90s. Uh-huh. Um, Pulp Fiction in 94, the year I graduated high school. <laughs> so that was a really, really big year for me. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of peters out. I really don't care about mm-hmm. much anything else. But those, like those, they're in my high school years, right. really. Well, they seem to nail it because movies. Yeah, yeah, like that was my psyche in 
the in during high school. Mm-hmm. That's terrifying. Have you been but, to the have you been to con? No. Or the film? That's gotta be a bucket list thing for you. No, so I think my bucket list thing right now is because my husband and mother in law are so in love with the Oscars. Yeah. Um and this year as one of our anniversary presents, I took Mike to a uh-huh. taping of his favorite TV show. Oh cool. For a few years now, I've had it in mind that I want to try to get them tickets to be in the audience for the or the cavalcade or the whatever. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and I haven't looked into it enough. I don't even know if it's possible. I looked into. Should it I leave this all in because ago. he does he listen? <laughs> no. Okay. No, good. he doesn't listen to okay. care about. You know, the, all I have to do to get him not to listen to this mm-hmm. is say that. Oh, I did an interview for a podcast. <laughs> he tunes out. Yeah, it completely tunes out. Probably like no. <laughs> Oh, I had to, the first time I curated a museum exhibit uh-huh. um, on architectural, uh, on the archives of an architect, uh, architecture firm, um, I had to drag him kicking and screaming <laughs> to that. It was this thing I had a huge amount of pride sure. about, and he, he just did not want to go, no, uh, no, he's not going to find out anything What a guy. This. Yeah, what a guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, so that's my bucket list, is to get them in... Um, in the audience, even better if I could get one of them in as seat fillers. Oh, that'd be amazing! I had an opportunity to do that a while back, but I just didn't care that. Sure, much. no, but they would like they would jump thing. at that. I think. Yeah, yeah, they absolutely would. That'd be so cool. Yeah, can would be more my thing because sure. then if you don't like the films that are out, you're still. The other thing is, you yeah. keep hearing so many fascinating stories about what's going on at Cannes, and it's like the seismic. Um, uh, the seismic interest in what's going to happen in film in the U.S. and globally in the following year, yeah. it starts there. You start to hear like these reverberations. Right. Great even point. so much this year, I don't know when Cannes is, but there were these rumors that they might um, they might uh, show the upcoming Twin Peaks series or maybe an episode or two cool. from that. You know, which I'm yeah. dying for. You have no idea <laughs> how much I've, I almost kind of like want to wrap myself in bubble wrap and not <laughs> let anything to happen me. to me <laughs> until May is over because I'm ter- secretly terrified mm-hmm. that I'll do something stupid yeah. before May and not see Twin Peaks. Well, I'm glad you brought up Khan because I think it's a nice little, uh, you know, meld into how, you know, the Oscars and what they should be. So this is great. So thank you so yeah. much, Malin. Cool. Okay, so for this week's episode, Juan is back. Welcome back. Hello. So we are going to do your favorite Oscar-winning movies for Best Picture. And then if you have a list of movies that you believe should have won but didn't uh, over what won that particular year, you can name those as well. So let's jump right in. What are the what are your favorite Oscar-winning movies? All right. I made a list. Okay. Apparently. Well, I like preparation, so this is good. So I have a list of three, but I've only okay. actually seen two of them. Okay. Uh, Titanic and Chicago. <laughs> okay. So those are your favorite of, of what you've seen. Yeah. Uh, so just to give a little more context, yep. uh, yesterday I was listening to your episode on movies that people love, but, you know, you hate. Okay. Yeah. And, you know, the point was brought up that, you know, a lot of these best winter picture movies or whatever, they're just like not meant for everyone and sure. you're just like what the hell am I watching and you have like no desire to rewatch any of these movies uh-huh. and I was look, doing my research seeing like what movies won or what nominated or were nominated and these two were like okay yeah I can actually sit down watch these movies again if I see them on TV I'll watch them I actually enjoy watching them sure. like I have no problems like sitting down watching it it's not like a movie 
I'm like trying to think of a movie where I'm like, 12 Years a Slave, like I saw it in theater, but I don't think I'd ever want to watch it if I saw it on TV. Sure. It's kind of like, for me, Shinron's List is amazing, but it's not uh, a repeat viewer for me. Yeah, it's yeah. like probably once, maybe twice, yeah. and then you're just out. Exactly. It's not. Yeah. It doesn't resonate with you as uh, repeat viewing or making you feel good when you're watching it. Yeah, yeah. I totally get that. Oh, Do we have a special invited Gwen All right. to drop by seeing if she wanted wow, to? Wow, like... this is like a special guest star on a TV show or something like that. I'm crashing. Oh, oh. radio. Yes, I crash her. Uh, yeah. She crashes me now. This is great. This is like a, a radio show where you have uh, the unexpected guest. I like it. Okay, so so Juan was talking about his favorite Oscar-winning movies. He mentioned Titanic and Chicago. And so, what about those particular movies specifically? Um, you know, draws yeah. you to them. Chicago, I really enjoy the music. Mm -hmm. And it's a pretty great story. You know, it's funny where you have Richard Geard's character talking about, like, oh, the justice system is just so corrupt. You know, you don't have to be innocent. Just bullshit your way to, like, the freedom or whatever. Uh -huh. And the fact that Renee Zellweger and um, Casimir Jones just keep, like, bitching at each other yeah. and like, trying to get free and then, like, one-up each other. And then at the end, they're both end up, like... You know, we're going to hate each other, but, you know, we both need money, so right. let's, let's just work together. Uh -huh. For the greater good of, yeah. uh, <laughs> to survive. So have you actually seen the Broadway um, production? Haven't. A lot of the, like, Broadway to film movies, I've only seen the film. Okay. So I'm like, I think that's, like, where I draw the line. Okay. So those are the two. What is what is the one that you picked that you haven't actually seen? Oh, it was Signs of the Lamb. Oh, um, really? Yeah. I bought it when it was... <laughs> Yeah, she was telling me to watch it. Yeah, you got to see this. Yeah, yeah, I bought it at Costco because it was like in a three pack of like horror movies. Sure. A couple of October's ago, and like you know, first horror movie that was nominated and actually won for Best Picture, both mm -hmm. Anthony Hopkins, Hopkins and um, Jodie Foster. Jodie Foster yeah. won and were nominated. And yeah. I'm like, oh, I have to see it, but then I'm afraid if like I watch it and like this hype, that you know, it'll like. To me, it lives up to the hype. Um, you know, this is. It's a horror film, but it really isn't a horror film. It's more psychological than like anything. That's yeah. It's way more of a thriller because the the story it's not your slasher type of movie. Yeah, I, like guy, yeah because really, um, and not to give anything away, but it's Buffalo Bill who's the main. He's the scariest person of them all <laughs> in his own way. Uh, not that Hannibal isn't creepy, but um, yeah, you, you you have to see that if, if you're going to see any of those. Um, those pictures definitely see Silence of the Lambs first, and you can see all the offshoots. Oh yeah, I know the offshoots aren't that great. Some are okay. Um, okay. Some are better than others, but Jodie Foster's only in Silence of the Lambs. Yeah, and then they so. recast her in like the second one what was with Campbell or Red Julianne or Moore. I think played um, the the second her version. Replacement. Her replacement, and they, yeah, that, that's and she was fine, but um, no, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But for the 1990s, I, I picked mine by decade, and that one that was my favorite, and that was tough because I really like Unforgiven too. So, um, yeah, those are all, yeah. You got to see Silence of the Lambs. Okay, so what are the ones that you think should have won, but yeah. didn't? All right, let me grab. He's got list. his list. I like yeah, that he's prepared. I like. All right, 77, Star Wars, that could have won. That's a great one. Oh, Annie Hall won that year. I'm just, I'm just going to read it. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, like, I should have probably written them chronologically, but whatever. Uh -huh. uh, Sunset Boulevard, 1950. Yeah, that great could film. So All About Eve won that year. Yeah, like, yeah, I was looking at the Wikipedia page, like, what won that year yeah. versus it's like, funny what was nominated. It's funny because who was interviewed before you, um, same thing. So he loves All About Eve, but he was like, you know, Sunset Boulevard, same year. That's, that's Sophie's Choice. Uh, 2001, Fellowship of the Ring. Mm -hmm. Out of the three Tolkien movies, that one definitely deserved it. Versus of, Return of the King. Right, right. Return of the King was just, yeah, that's just, yeah. Uh-huh. Editing mess for me. <laughs> it's like, 
Uh, oh, 2001, Moulin Rouge 2. So I don't know what won in 2000. Oh, that was also uh, nominated that year. Okay. Yeah, uh, 2001 was A Beautiful Mind. Okay, yeah, yeah. Was oh, that your pick for your favorite? Okay. Yeah, Not to give anything away. We'll, we'll get to that. Don't worry, Gwen. <laughs> uh, 2006, Little Miss Sunshine. Yeah, that's a movie a, that, I can actually watch again. Yeah, these yes. are all movies I can definitely watch again and again. Yeah. Did you actually see it in the theater? Yes, I did. So you didn't you didn't know anything about it? I didn't know anything it. about mm-hmm. it. My brother and sister were like, let's go watch this movie. I tagged along. I'm like, fine, you bought me ice cream. I'll sit in this movie. <laughs> Who are these actors? I recognize no one. No, I know. And, yeah. and But the, the payoff at the end, especially if you didn't know anything, is just... I remember people rolling in the aisles because it was so funny. It's a know? great movie. It is. And that ending... Um, it's still funny now, but seeing it for the first time, not knowing what's going to happen. It takes it was, the cake. Oh, it was priceless. That was the so good. The dancing and the fact that the grandpa dies. Oh, yeah. That's, it was, I mean, I wasn't, see, I didn't see that coming at all. It was just, right. it was so good. Like left field. Yeah. And it was really the first serious role that Steve Carell did because he was kind oh, of yeah, best known. Like right before he did The Office, right? Right. And, so it was, and he was probably doing The Daily Show. He might have done Anchorman. Um, but that was it. And you he know? was also the four-year-old virgin, but I think that was after he was established more. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. 2007, I think I wrote? Uh, Juno. Yeah. Juno was oh, great. Juno. There's another good one. That was like a sleeper. Yeah. yeah. Juno was great. Didn't and I, know anything about it either. And it I think the common great. theme here is comedies don't win, and they should. There's a lot of things that don't win oh. that should. Really, the last comedy that won was Annie Hall. You could maybe call the artist a comedy but uh for the most part a traditional comedy was annie hall and uh yeah i don't and i don't get that maybe it's not considered serious by the hollywood elite but um i find superhero that superhero movies animated yeah. films yeah anything Forget outside it. of like whatever you consider serious that's why it was interesting that deadpool was even nominated for a golden globe you know yeah. that was kind of a dark horse it was never gonna win but Suicide Squad. well it's like dark knight dark knight i think you know with um heath ledger i mean he was definitely considered in his uh, role, you know. And then he got a post. Um, yeah. Yeah, post, yeah. Whatever the word is. Yes. <laughs> uh, 2010, Toy Story 3. <laughs> I'm like, this should have definitely I, won it. Cause, like, was that No Country for Old Men or was that The King's Speech? That? Oh, 2010. I see. 2003? Okay, whatever. Uh, yeah, The King's King Speech. Speech, yeah, which is a great movie. Yes. But I, I, yeah, I would, yeah. The third of three nominated animated films. Yeah. Uh, the Help, 2011. Yep. Uh, Inception, 2010. <laughs> oh, and Beauty and the Beast, 1991. Somebody brought that one up as well. That it was, uh, I think it was. Let's see, if it was 91, so it'd probably been against up against uh, Unforgiven. Yeah, I think. it was the first animated film to be nominated in best, out for Best Picture. Uh-huh. And I'm like, oh my god, this movie. It definitely won Academy Awards for like was, songs. Oh, and Lost Against Silence. Silence of the Lambs. Yeah, that's yeah, that's a tough one. This is a great film. It is. Madden Up are the only three animated <laughs> films to be nominated for Best Picture. And yeah. I'm just like, you know, these should really be considered. Just because, you know, you're using animation as your medium to tell your story does not mean it's not a great story. That's right, because you still have the actors that yeah. are that are voicing over. And great. apparently voice acting is the hardest thing you could ever do. Right, because you have to show emotion even though you're not physically, you know, doing it. So, yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. You have to really use your, your skills to do that. All right, Gwen. I think it's your turn. Yeah. So you're going to have to come closer to the mic. I'm winded. Thank you, Juan. Those were good. Yeah, you know, I did come prepared. Oh, sure. Juan did with a list. (laughs) I had days to repair. (laughs) See, I like having a mix. I I like the people that wing it, and I like the people that are super prepared. And you're always prepared. Come on. No, not this one. (laughs) I don't have too much to talk about. Okay. 
but um, a few of the ones that I think that was on par with winning the Oscars uh -huh. is just a second. Oh. She's furiously looking through her, her laptop. <laughs> the sound of music, I yeah. have to say, oh, yeah. that deserves it. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a classic musical that, you know, I've always seen year after year yep. on television. The um, 60s were filled with actually Oscar-winning uh, musicals because you have My Fair Lady. Um, uh, I believe there was other ones, too. But um, yeah, and there were a lot true. nominated in that decade. They're an Unforgiven. In 1992. Yeah, um, that was great. And let's see. But the one that I that stands out is A Beautiful Mind. Okay. And the reason is because um, I think it's one of I think it's one of the films that really brought out and highlighted mental illness sure. and the way that they treated mental illness back then. Because in the movie, it's about, did you see it? In the movie, it's about this um, man, uh, and he, it's a true life story. It's Russell Crowe playing yeah. the lead character, yeah. So it's this man who is diagnosed with paranoid schizophrenia. And so um, I think it really highlights the way that society had treated people back then, mm -hmm. whereas um, they used shock therapy. Right. Um, but nowadays, it's all like medication sure. and so forth. Um, and so I thought that was a great film. I saw it a, quite a few Now, let's go off on a tangent, but talk about mental health and how you had Rain Man, the one in oh, 1988, yeah. which right. um, really hadn't portrayed autism really in a serious way. Um, and especially in the late '80s, and then you also have one flew over the cuckoo's nest, and so uh -huh. where you have the inner workings of a, a mental Jack hospital. Jack Nicholson. Absolutely, that's yeah. He, yeah, he's perfect for that role. Yeah. And um, Jennifer Connelly mm -hmm. starred in this film as well, who I really beautiful like. mind, yeah. And which brings me to the film that I wish had won a Best Picture. Labyrinth. She no. was in Labyrinth, too, with David Bowie from 1986. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Really? I mean, it's oh, a good, okay. it's a fun fantasy movie. Career watch. Opportunities, she was in in 1992, 1993. Okay. They, uh, they stay at a Target overnight, and they run loose in the joint. It's a really, really fun 80s-type comedy. She should have won for that. They didn't stay in a Toys R Us where it's haunted? Target. Target? Yeah. Okay. That sounds like where the heart is, except it was Walmart. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Why Target? I, they probably had a deal with Target at that point. Oh, okay. That yes, very sense. underrated. Yeah. yeah. So the movie that I thought... <laughs> Not amused at all, I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> because that's in the film I was thinking like Moving about. right along. <laughs> um, the movie that I thought should have won Best Picture, it did win other Academy Awards, but this one I thought was great. Okay. It's called House of Sand and Fog. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. Have you seen it? No. <laughs> yes, we like to have a wide range of movie okay. viewing. So this is based on a novel by Andre Dubois, okay. and it's set in San Francisco. And it's about this man who buys up a house, um, Jennifer Connelly's house, which went up for auction. Mm -hmm. um, and they get into this whole like legal issue, but it really touches upon... Um, a lot of like racial 
-hmm. issues or like um, stereotypes as well. Um, And the person, one of the main people who plays um, in this film is Ben Kingsley. Mm -hmm. Right. So he's very well known. Mm Do you know Ben Kinsley? Yeah, he was in Iron Man 3. <laughs> he also won for uh, his portrayal of Gandhi in 1982. Exactly there. <laughs> yeah, Which, by the way, E.T. One should have won over Gandhi. Oh, yeah. Okay. Brian, wait your turn. I know. <laughs> this been, I've already said all this in the beginning okay. once this is all edited together. But he did win a Best Actor. He did. Oh, wait, sorry. He was nominated as Best Actor for House of Santa Claus. Sure. Yeah. yeah, so those were the two movies that stood out for me. Okay, House of Sand and Fog and... Beautiful Mind. Both Jennifer Connelly. Yep. I like it. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Okay, so Samantha's back. Welcome back to the show. Hello. <laughs> for this week, we're going to discuss our favorite Oscar-winning movies and hopefully the ones that... You wish it won over what actually won that particular year. You can also just talk about the ones that you hate that mm-hmm. actually won. So I'm. I tend to remember my anger. Right, more. and I like, I like anger. So especially here, <laughs> it, it plays out well. No. So okay, so give me the ones that um, are actually your favorites. So we'll go with happy first. Okay, so. favorites. I thought I could talk a little bit about um, more classic movies. Okay. So, because um, for a while I would kind of like set a list for myself and mm-hmm. I'd be like, I'm going to watch like, you know, all the top, you know, Oscar winning movies from this decade or like whatever. Mm-hmm. So, um, the critically acclaimed top list. Yeah, that, yeah. And they ended up, you know, it's not a lie. They're really, really good. Yep. And they've stuck with me a lot more than some of the more modern movies. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like going back through the list and the two oldest ones I've seen are It Happened One Night yeah. and The Thin Man from mm-hmm. 1934. Um, and I just saw The Thin Man a couple years ago for the mm-hmm. first time and I absolutely loved it. And I really want to find, like, watch the whole yeah. series because they made a ton. They did. So like, I actually the have 30s. the whole DVD set. You so if you ever do? want to borrow it, oh you can borrow Oh my gosh, yes. I might. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> The Thin Man bad. actually won for Best Picture? It didn't. It oh, okay. lost to It Happened One Night. Got it. Okay. So, which is also a fabulous it movie. Is. And um, a comedy, which yeah, comedies don't win. It's a comedy. Comedy, it's so clever, and it kind of, like, drew the line mm-hmm. between, like, some of the pre-code, like, regulations, exactly. so... Yeah, because they were sleeping in the same room. Uh-huh, and, yeah, uh, and I think he, like, only had a tank top yes. on or something, yeah. and it's just so very scandalous. It's very, I mean, I guess they were calling them screwball comedies back mm-hmm. then, but yeah, yeah. That, that's a brilliant movie, and yeah, the Thin Man movies hold up, like, not just the first one, but mm-hmm. the, the next four, I think, I think there's five of them. Or maybe six, but they're all excellent. They're all yeah, they're fun. just so... I love the quick dialogue mm-hmm. and then how there's, you know, a kind of the plot to follow, but uh-huh. then something crazy happens and... Um, and by far my favorite movie dog is Asta. Oh, so, yeah. so cute. It is. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, those are actually, I don't know, just two of my, like, top movies, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and they just happen to be um, nominated and then won during that, that same year. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a couple other... Older ones, um, the Philadelphia Story. Yeah. So that one lost. Another one that lost. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really, I do like kind of that like early screwball, yeah, kind of comedy. Um, 
with kind of the quick talking yeah. female character. Mm -hmm. Like Catherine Hepburn's really great in that movie. She is, um, and uh, and then you have Jimmy Stewart and Cary Grant mm -hmm. together, which is and like Cary Grant is one of my tops. Me too. So he's just been in so much. Um, then you must like the movie. What, God, what's the one that's called with um, Rosalind Russell and Cary Grant when they're in the newsroom? Because it's like the fastest dialogue I've ever heard in my life. And it came out in the 30s. Like, His Girl Friday. His Girl Friday, yes. Okay. It is like, talk about fast paced. Yeah. I mean, it is really. I don't know how they memorized all their oh, lines. Oh, it's like, break, <laughs> it's breakneck. So, yeah. But, um, yeah, so that one lost to Rebecca, which is a good, great Hitchcock film. Uh -huh. Not like one of my favorites, but it's good. And crazy um, enough, that's like the only one that won for him. Like, yeah. Never won after that. Yeah. So, yeah. It's really good. It's a great movie. It is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it never really stood out. No. Maybe that year. Who knows? Um, yeah, a lot of this is luck, basically, when uh -huh. you're nominated, too. So, mm -hmm. yeah. And like kind of what people are into. Because uh -huh. um, then I was kind of looking at like the 50s and 60s, and there was just so many musicals. Yeah. Which is nuts. Mm -hmm. um, but I do really like um, like An American in Paris. Mm -hmm. I love like Gene Kelly movies. Yeah. So that one won. I didn't even remember that one best picture. Mm -hmm. um, that was 50... 51. 51, yeah. I wrote it down. Um, yeah, and then I guess another one from that decade that lost that I think really should have won. Mm -hmm. I think I might feel more strongly about mm -hmm. this than maybe some of the more modern ones. Uh -huh. But Roman Holiday yes. is another one of my top films. Uh -huh. It was made in 1953, mm -hmm. and it lost to From Here to Eternity. Yes. Which... Yeah. That movie, I i don't think I've ever seen the whole thing. I saw it once, like, on TV. Like, it was on TCM or something. And, and everyone's like, seen the famous scene yeah, of them on the beach. I'm yeah, like, this is just the most melodramatic war movie <laughs> ever. But and that's it, probably why it won. Yeah, it was yeah. a decade after World yes. War II, mm -hmm. so it really kind of played into all of that. And I guess they'd rather give the award to that instead of, sure. like, a little a princess. But really, Roman Holiday stands the test of time. I think mm -hmm. more people would rather watch Roman Holiday than for me yeah. to turn yeah. yeah, just like Gregory Peck uh -huh. and Audrey Hepburn. So, yeah, I love that movie. Uh -huh. um, and that's one where I wish the ending was a little different. But Yeah. yeah. Did but, you, is that the one you... Did you mention that, that one? That might have been your, one of my top ones, yeah. In one of your previous shows. I yeah, guess. where I would have changed the ending. I, yeah. I would have had them together. But it probably maybe lasts better because they don't end up together. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, it's not that practical. Sure, sure. Um, but, yeah, so I guess those are my, my classic ones that mm -hmm. stood out. Um, and then... So I was started looking at the, like the 2000s, mm -hmm. which is when I actually started watching the Oscars. Okay. So, like, obviously, I didn't watch them in the 40s. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> None uh. of us did. Nobody listened to this did. So, yeah. <laughs> those are like, when I was looking through the list, I was like, I could list way more movies from those decades sure. that I actually enjoy then. Because you would actually sit down and, and make sure you saw those because they're yeah. already tried and true. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um... But yeah, so from the last like couple of decades, there um, I didn't really think of a, a, a favorite from them. Okay. I think my favorites, I kind of I already mentioned those. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but so I've I mentioned my my Ben Affleck. Yeah. <laughs> hatred. Um, hatred before, <laughs> and then he his wonderful movie Argo <laughs> won in two thousand and twelve. Yes. And 
You would have picked anything, but Arya. I would have picked anything. Yeah. I was looking back at who the other movies that were nominated, and I'm still amazed that it won. Mm -hmm. Because first of all, I did go and see that movie in theaters, uh -huh. and I think it was like a free screening or something. So I wouldn't <laughs> have paid for it. Um, <laughs> and it was just one. I can't stand like the movies where like everyone's like rooting for just this thing to happen mm -hmm. and I think didn't they like all get off the plane and like everyone like claps yes, or yeah. something mm -hmm. or just there's some sort of the ending is so cheesy yeah. and it, it the movie itself is like pretty like my only guess is they really politic that one because yeah. there definitely there are some backroom deals going on with the Oscars mm -hmm. I think so yeah yeah like it's a it's it's okay but I was just Ben Affleck is just like a wooden point, <laughs> and he had direct produced it and whatever. But so if you hated Batman before, you really hate it now. I, I haven't seen yeah, Batman versus yeah. Superman, and I don't think I will. No. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and then that year, there were just so many good movies. Um, like, well, Lincoln, I wouldn't say that's the best ever, but it was more of like an Academy Award right. best picture movie. Mm -hmm. Just it had the history and like America and all yeah, that. Yeah, and, and then I, the guy who played Lincoln did an amazing job. So yeah. Yeah, well, wasn't it Daniel? Daniel Day Lewis. Lewis. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. So yeah, I thought that was a go for sure. Mm -hmm. And then you had like Zero Dark Thirty. Yeah. Um, and Les Miserables, which is another cheese ball sure. movie, but it was still kind of. I'm actually surprised it was boring. nominated. To be mm -hmm. honest with you, but mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, and so. Oh, that year, I was just a little upset. And that's when I think this is right after yeah, that's they when started they start introducing expand. the 10. Yeah. So it's kind of you get some in there that you're like, wow. I was really surprised. Have you? Did you see Amour? No, but year? you said that that was really good. Yeah, yeah, that was an amazing film, and it was nominated against Argo. Well, it had no chance because it was French. Sure. Sure. But well, so um, what, what's the premise behind that one? Um, it's extremely depressing. Okay, well, that's why it's I was nominated. <laughs> this elderly couple uh -huh. who live in Paris, and the wife has dementia or mm. Alzheimer's, and so the husband takes care of her, and it's just awful. <laughs> and she just loses oh. her, like, she can't take care of herself. Mm -hmm. um, and, or no, I'm looking at the synopsis now. I think something, oh, she has surgery, mm -hmm. and then she becomes paralyzed. After that, yeah. Okay, so it's not a memory thing. It's more, she still, like, can't control her, like, her body faculties. and, yeah. like, mm -hmm. um, really talk, I don't think. Okay. Um, and, yeah, it's that's, just, it's really, it's really sad. Yeah. And then, oh, I forgot this, um, but, yeah, Isabel Huppert plays their daughter mm. in that. She's really good. It almost sounds a lot like Manchester by the Sea. Not, not necessarily the, the, the theme, but the uh, depressing nature. It seems like one yeah. thing, which I still haven't seen yet because it just seems way too... Yeah, but it was yeah. so sad. And I mostly watched it because the two leading actors were actually two pretty prominent, like, French New Wave mm -hmm. people. Um, and that's your that's Yeah, your and that's my, my yeah. time. <laughs> so, and it was, like, really interesting to see them playing, like, elderly characters yeah. now. And then I think she just passed away, actually. Mm. Um, but, yeah, it's a wonder. It's a great movie, and I recommend it if you want to feel very sad. <laughs> <laughs> if you're in the right mood to feel sad, yeah. So, so is it one that you can watch over and over again, or is that kind of a one and done? I won't watch it yeah. again. Okay. It was it was it was very pretty. It was well made. Mm -hmm. The acting was excellent. Um, 
but I won't, I won't watch it again. <laughs> right. <laughs> but so. all these movies have their place, you know? They, yeah. It doesn't have to be repeat viewing. But. Yeah. So were there any other ones that you, you absolutely hated? Absolutely hated. I think that was the, the, Ar- the freshest Stickout. one yeah. that came to mind, mm-hmm. especially after thinking about movies lately. The last few years I haven't been As too in the, yeah. um, invested in any. Mm-hmm. Um I was really happy The Martian didn't win last <laughs> oh, yeah, that's year. Right. <laughs> that was I saw that and I liked it, but it was it I think yeah, it just didn't have the the finale that I hoped it would. Mm. Like the first half of the movie was a great, like cool sci-fi, yeah. really creative, funny movie, and mm. then the last half was like, let's save this man mm. and get behind him yeah. and like watch him come home. So and, was this year's or um Martian, the arrival was that arrival? Like it was arrival, pretty much the same thing. I never watched okay. it. I yeah, know. I yeah. usually don't watch a lot of like space sci-fi stuff. It seems like now, like with the almost, you can have up to ten nominees. Yeah. You have to have like a token whatever now. Yes, yeah. like except for comedy. There's been like a, a space, yeah, a space movie. Well, yeah, like arrival. We got arrival, then we got the Martian, mm-hmm. and then previous year. Oh no, we didn't get one the previous year. Wouldn't um, Sandra Bullock in one? Yeah, yeah, I thought it. or George Clooney. Oh, Gravity. Yeah, so yeah. we skipped a year. Maybe that. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah. So I don't know what else. Anything else come to mind? Yeah. Um, yeah, Slumdog Millionaire was another recent one that I watched mm-hmm. and wasn't as I, I liked it, mm-hmm. but I was kind of surprised it won. Mm-hmm. Um, Compared to what else was out that year, like yeah. there's Milk, Milk was and great, Benjamin Button, mm-hmm. um, and yeah. So, mm. like I said, I'm not. I don't feel too strongly mm-hmm. about anything, but those were all good. Let's let's stick, with, let's, <laughs> let's stick with the classics. <laughs> that 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 should be the lesson here. Thank you, Samantha. Yeah, thanks. Okay, Enrique's back, and we're, we're going to discuss our favorite Oscar winners, and then hopefully movies that she feels that should have won, but didn't. Right. Okay, so you got a bunch of favorites. Let's dive I right into it. I have tons of favorites. Um, my favorite from, like, back in the day, oh. I guess you could say, is West Side Story. Yeah. I've talked about my love for West Side yeah, Story right. in the past. And so what year was that? Nin- yeah. 1961? Four. 1964. Four. Okay. Um, I, like we were kind of talking about before, I just love when musicals used to win, um, when people used to make musicals, they were always really, uh, production heavy, like they obviously require tons of work and the stars have to be triple threats and they really, I mean, obviously Natalie Wood's voice, that was not her voice, but, um, her performance was amazing Mm -hmm. and... The casting was so good, and they delivered the, these amazing performances. Mm-hmm. The, the production was actually really cool, the way they did it, with the different lighting, yeah. and the different scenes, and the dancing is insane. Like, mm-hmm. you can't replicate that, you know? The 60s were a good decade for musicals. Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. Um, and you can't even replicate that film, like, on stage mm-hmm. either. It's just the way they really turned it into, like, a three-dimensional experience, yeah. like, on 
screen. That's a good way to put it, yeah. Yeah, like mm -hmm. all the different angles. It was so creative. I loved it. Yeah. It's one of my favorite movies ever, so. <laughs> Sarah, she's beaming right now. She's talking. It's very, I love it's, it. it's nice. <laughs> I love that movie. Yeah, and then um, I guess in more recent times, um, I really liked Gladiator. I okay. also talked about Gladiator. That we talked about last week. Yeah. It <laughs> <laughs> might have been one of your first rated R movies, it too. It was one of my first rated R movies um, that I saw at home. And it was one of my first, like, bloody movies that mm -hmm. I didn't care that it was bloody. Yeah. I was young, and I was like, ew, you know, <laughs> blood. Yeah. But then I saw that movie with my brother, and I was just blown away by, like, the storytelling aspect yeah. of it. Yeah. And even to this day, a lot of, like, the um, grass in this area in the summertime, uh -huh. it turns that, like, golden wheat color. Mm -hmm. And it, we would go hiking up at Russian Ridge, where it's just these, like, rolling hills of grain-looking... Mm -hmm. Uh, weeds and like run through and sing the gladiator theme song because there's that iconic shot of yeah of his hand like brushing the tops of the grain because right. it's him in heaven yeah spoiler yeah, yeah. if you haven't seen it by now he dies yes <laughs> yeah and then um i had return of the king which i'm probably unpopular for that no, you're not. You, look, no guilty pleasures here. Like, <laughs> you like what you like. That's fine. Yeah. I just, he needed that, you know, he made three amazing Peter Jackson yeah. movies mm -hmm. that honored the book so well. Uh -huh. And Return of the King was, they're epic. And I really think epics deserve that type, that best picture title. They did. I, like the 50s and 60s seem to be a good also era for epics. Yeah. You know, where you had your, um, Lawrence Arabia and Dr. Yeah. Zhivago and yeah. movies like that. Yeah, They're just amazing to make. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel the same way about Titanic. Like, yeah. people give it shit, mm -hmm. uh, including my fiancé. We're going to talk about that later. <laughs> for, we'll have to have him on. So yeah, for that. winning. Um, but it's just the way they have, the, how much work and they put into creating it. Like, yeah. It just feels so real. Like, that's the magic of the movies, mm -hmm. right? And every once in a while, I feel the same way about The Revenant. Like, these are incredibly difficult things to do in right. terms of filmmaking. And, like, the art of filmmaking definitely deserves its attention. Oh, definitely. Its best picture attention. But I also like when they mix it up and throw in some, like, indie-esque or, like, where the acting is the focus or the sure. storytelling is the focus. Mm -hmm. And I felt that way about Boyhood. I really loved Boyhood, uh -huh. but it didn't matter. Right. Um, yeah, and my last favorite was Chicago. It was another, another musical. musical. Uh -huh. And I, when it won, I felt like it was 2002, and I was yeah. like, oh my gosh, I don't think I've been alive for like a musical winning Best Picture. Right. So it was really memorable. That's cool. So those are my four. <laughs> those, are, those are all good. Those, and I don't think we have any repeats, so that's awesome. Really? Good Nobody job. Nobody liked Return of the King? <laughs> I'm a huge Lord of the Rings nerd. I so. think Juan said he thought the first one should have won. Fellowship? Yeah. 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 They were still having some trouble in the first one with mm -hmm. the scale, mm -hmm. like the little people yeah. and the big people. They were still playing with lots of different tech film techniques right. to like make them look small. Mm -hmm. That the that in some scenes they looked a lot smaller than in other scenes, and there was a little a bit of inconsistency with their scale. So, so they figured that out by the second. By the yeah. third movie, it okay. was like all the scenes were pretty. They got it down. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so what are the ones that? you feel should have won but didn't boyhood <laughs> okay okay i don't good. even remember what won that year um 
but it was probably really good. Maybe 12 Years a Slave. Okay. Um, yeah, that, I think that's what won it, that year. Three Hours of Shame. Yeah, it, I mean, it, it was much. a great movie. I loved 12 Years a Slave. It was so heart-wrenchingly horrible mm-hmm. that it had to win, you know, like, obviously we need to confront our shame. Right. But Boyhood, in terms of, like, making a movie over decades like that, and Patricia Arquette, <gasps> yeah. so amazing. Yeah. Um, it was just so good. I loved it. Mm-hmm. I loved it. So I thought Boyhood should have won Best Picture. And that's one you'll probably repeat view as opposed to 12 Years of Slave. Yeah, exactly. And I'd watch it for like the for the the aspect of movie making. Sure. Like cuz it was so it was made so well. Yeah. And that's what I like what I think that should get like the best picture title. Yeah. Is when they're made so well mm-hmm. that it's just like this is how you make movies. Like, right. That's why I was so glad cool. Spotlight won because it, it really yeah. no action. It's all it's all the drama of them talking and the characters and, and yeah. the process of, of trying to um, that newspaper angle that yeah. I did. Yeah, I was so pleased with Spotlight. I thought it was really well done. It was it yeah. moved like a train. It yeah, was like Jimmy, the whole time building and building. Mm-hmm. It's very methodical in terms of like storytelling. Yeah. it's really good. And I, I like I said, I like when the best pick when the Academy kind of shows mm-hmm. love to both styles. Agreed. Um, yeah. I, I don't like them for lots of other reasons. Sure, <laughs> of course. But, like, I appreciate that mm-hmm. kind of appreciation of different yeah. styles. So. Now, I wish, you know, with all the talk of diverse and everything, I wish they'd include comedies. Like, the I comedies know. are just sorely <laughs> under, undervalued. Like, I think it's, totally. uh, you know, musicals, as you mentioned, I think every now and then you'll see a musical, like, La La Land was yeah. definitely recognized. Um, but, yeah, comedies are just... The last one was probably Annie Hall. Yep, That's 66. Long. No, 70, 76. 76? 77. I don't remember. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but in the early I days, agree. they would, yeah. Comedy doesn't get... The love. And arguably, it's one of the hardest movies to do right. Maybe that's yeah. why. Maybe. I mean, mm-hmm. people don't even try. Yeah. Because comedy's undervalued and underappreciated. Right. Or it's got to be dark, where it's like Comedy's Miss also... Yeah. yeah. That's a good one. But comedy's also extremely subjective. Sure. So it's really hard to be like, I found that funny, and other people being like, I don't know about that. Yeah. It's not really my sense of humor. Mm-hmm. So That's why Annie too. Hall's unique. It's a romantic comedy. Um, yeah. Whether, I mean, Woody Allen aside. But, yeah, I'm uh, not a Woody Allen fan. Yeah, yeah. But the movie's great. I also thought that The Aviator should have won. That's a good one. Um, and that's the type of movie that usually does amazing. win. Amazing. Yeah. I love that movie, and I loved it because Leo just carries it yeah he's amazing he didn't get he did not even get nominated for best actor that year and it's hard to play howard hughes i mean he's yeah (sighs) and he did such a good job was kate did she win for katherine hepburn playing katherine no the lead actress was um hillary swank for million dollar baby oh which is tough to not to give it to her but to be honest okay so that was the only year i've been alive for where the lead actress Mm -hmm. Um, won Best Actress, yeah. and the movie won Best That's Picture. That's true, yeah. Very, it's just we hate women, you know, <laughs> as a culture. That women that carry the movie, mm-hmm. it's very rarely considered a good movie right. because we hate women. Um, but that was one year. Or the Academy hates women. 
Right. Yeah. I mean, the Kennedy is just a reflection of all of well, our other power structures. Literally was talking about it. Like, you, there was a while there when all they give it to is young women. Like, they, after a certain age, you Oh, it's still ignore. that way. Oh, I know. So it was like Jennifer Lawrence, <laughs> Emma Stone, and, and you know, Olesha women, Oh, you should have known by now, yeah. living in this society, that women aren't allowed to age, and, and women aren't That's allowed right. to carry good movies. Yeah. So, um, I was, you know, I, I hesitate to say yeah. that... A million dollar baby shouldn't have won mm-hmm. because the aviator should have won. But I strongly believe that. I did not like yeah. Million Dollar Baby as a movie. I really, was, I I don't like Clint Eastwood. I think it's campy and mm-hmm. silly, and they just it's overdone. It's heavy handed. I don't. It has no nuance whatsoever. They just hit you over the head with the like old man saves a young woman and brings her <laughs> to the spotlight. He just he's that like. I love him for many reasons, mm-hmm. but I don't, and I like him acting, but I don't like his directing. Really? Yeah. So did you like Bridges Over Madison County? No. Really? Yeah. I, oh. I, he doesn't do it for me. In okay. The director's chair. Got it. Got it. I, I just think directing requires a little more of a relationship with mm-hmm. the screenwriter. See, this is why we have different opinions. I, I'm totally the opposite. I love Clint. I love his style. But that's okay. <laughs> that's, that's the, that's, I'm not going to edit this out. This is good. You, that, but that's fine. Because that's, I mean, I like hearing that type of opinion. That makes, you know, that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, he, I love him for so many reasons. Mm-hmm. I just don't like his, his direction. So you didn't like, you didn't see Sully, did you? I did see okay. Sully. Okay. And I loved Sully. Mm-hmm. And I think I loved Sully because Tom Hanks brought nuance mm-hmm. To what would have otherwise been a really heavy-handed cookie cutter sure. description of an event, mm-hmm. and he brought that like, Sully's a really stone cold kind of dude. Sure, and he brought like warmth to it. This yeah. incredible warmth, yeah. and I don't understand why he didn't win Best Actor this year. I mean, it's tough because he he wins a lot. <laughs> or I know. he did win a lot. Did you see Changeling? Yes. Okay, so yes. That, that was a good one yeah. too. Yeah, that was okay. Yeah. yeah. But I, I'm not trying to sell you on Clint. No, yeah. it's fine. I, I don't not like his movies. He no. makes great movies. Uh-huh. Um, but, you know, in hearing Tom Hanks' description of working with Clint Eastwood mm-hmm. as a director, yeah. I did. I was like, that makes so much sense. Like, he doesn't really engage in the moment with these people in, like, in terms of the emotional sure. delivery of certain things. And I'm more of, like, a character. Mm-hmm. I get really invested in, in character pieces and stories. That, right of these people mm-hmm. and with an actor like Tom Hanks you don't need a really brilliant director you to don't. bring that out right um, but with Hilary Swank's performance I don't know I mm-hmm. just thought I, I wasn't impressed I'm sorry okay, that's okay there's that's a reason fine. why she was nominated once and won once like well no she won for uh, Boys Don't Cry I don't remember that which is a, that's a painful movie to watch yeah great movie but painful yeah, I, I mean, yeah. there's a reason why she doesn't stick out in my head sure. as, like, one of the greats, in other words. She was also in The Next Karate Kid, which was amazing. Of course. So, yes. <laughs> um, and I have to do a shout-out to my uh, fiancé. Sure. He did not like the Titanic one, and we disagree on this. Okay. So much, because I love Titanic. <laughs> I think it's what one of he... the greatest movies of all time. <laughs> so does he, what, what does he feel should have won that year? Good Will Hunting. Okay. That's he has fair. a huge crush on Robin Williams okay. and on mm-hmm. Matt Damon mm-hmm. in that movie because it's just that like nerd boy with street smarts like comes up and right. gets successful. Mm-hmm. It's like a giant ego thing for guys. I don't know. They just love watching other men succeed. <laughs> I think, <laughs> th- see this is, uh, hmm. 
Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I like seeing everyone succeed, but that's why I liked Million Dollar Baby. It didn't. It, to me, the a good character is a good character. I liked her character not because she was female, not because she wasn't female. So I the problem like, with that argument is like. I get that, but female characters are different characters. Well, of course. Like, characters are characters, yeah. sure, and you like characters because they're characters, but, like, the experience of mm -hmm. being a woman is so unique and different, mm -hmm. and, like, it's really hard to portray on screen, and when done correctly, like, it can carry a movie. Sure. And with that one, it was, like, so clearly a woman created by a man mm -hmm. for the enjoyment of, like... Men. Okay. So, what would, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, what would be your ideal, what has been your ideal movie that has portrayed a woman correctly? Um, probably, I mean, in most recent years, mm -hmm. I loved Room. I okay. died for Room. Mm -hmm. And obviously, Brie Larson should have won. She did. she did. Yeah. But I think it could have been Best Picture. Mm -hmm. And it may, it should have been. I don't remember what one. So, what Spotlight about her won. performance gave. It was so powerful. The fact, that, first of all, it, it is her raising this child in this incredibly unique circumstance. Mm -hmm. And it shows, like, the strength of a mom. Mm -hmm. We don't see that a lot. Like, it's a very unique bond, obviously, to give birth to this human. Mm -hmm. And the, like, way she's able to construct this little boy's world... And while still dealing with the trauma of the situation, is so intricate. And you can like see her inner monologue mm -hmm. and the pain and the power. There's a lot of power in that. Mm -hmm. And women don't get enough credit for the pain mm -hmm. and the power it takes to raise a child alone, which mm -hmm. is something that women do a lot. Absolutely. Um, do you think part yeah. of this is there's not enough female? directors, at least powerful female directors? Yeah, I mean, I think obviously there's uh, not enough presence of women in general in the mm -hmm. film industry. Um, Which is true. Not enough writers, first mm -hmm. of all. Yeah. Not mm -hmm. enough directors. Mm -hmm. um, not enough roles. Like, there's just a few uh, tropes. There's yeah. the typecast women, and they're all kind of the same women. Right. Um, Hilary Swank is one of those tropes yeah. in Million Dollar Baby, and that's mm -hmm. why it doesn't screen best picture well, to be, me. It would be nice if, if more females got into directing as opposed to acting because I think that would if you really want to make a change I think that's where you make the change or producing. Yeah. Because producers I have, mean you know, good right. fucking luck excuse me like, oh, yeah. good <laughs> luck though. Well no but I mean if, if it's a boys yeah. club just like everything else it's sure. a boys club. But you can make subtle changes and, and it's, well, it's a long hard struggle. Sure it is. And you yeah. win a year and then you lose a year yeah. and that's just how it is. Yeah. Um, but with that movie I feel like a bad feminist being like <laughs> She shouldn't have won. It wasn't nuanced and intricate enough, and it was clearly just her, like, mm -hmm. as a Clint Eastwood lady slave, like, putting on a show for mm -hmm. all the all the boys to love a triumphant athlete, you know. So can you watch a movie and set aside certain things to just enjoy the movie as is, or do you always have in the back of your mind, like, this could have been, yeah. this should have been this, it should have been that? I mean, it's so hard. I It depends on my mood completely, like 110%. Mm -hmm. um, there are days when I'm like, I just want to be entertained. I don't want to think about all of the like things I have to deal with as a woman or things that black people have to deal with and things that you know poor people have to deal with. Because, sure. <laughs> I mean, storytelling is supposed to make you it's escapism. feel compassionate for your fellow man mm -hmm. 
for their struggles. Good storytelling, at least. Sure. It's supposed to educate you on these people's experiences. And I there's a time and a place for that in my mind. And then there's a time and a place for the, like, purely escapist. Right. I just want to be happy or feel joy or feel anger. Like, very simplistic. Like, this experience is for this emotion. Right. And I feel that when I, like, go to Star Wars. Yeah. See, Star Wars movies, one, mm-hmm. because they were produced and created in a time when women were allowed to have power mm-hmm. in a way that they hadn't before mm-hmm. with, you know, Princess Leia's one of the most iconic feminist princesses of all time. Mm-hmm. And, like, there's diversity in this world that be- between species and between races mm-hmm. and that you wouldn't have in our world. Sure. So it's truly another world. And then I feel that way about Lord of the Rings, too. Okay. That's fair. But yeah, so to answer your question, yeah. <laughs> I I like escaping to other worlds mm-hmm. where I don't have to think about all of the pain. Right. <laughs> and then I like to feel and think about the pain in separate contexts, and it's dependent on my mood. Right. But it's really hard for me to watch just like, oh, we're going to the movies, let's watch a movie. Right. And to not be like, I cannot stand the way they're portraying this female character. Mm-hmm. Like, it's so disgusting. <laughs> so know? can you watch older movies? And set aside uh, current day thinking as opposed to what was going on at the time? No, I mean, I think that it's important if you're Mm -hmm. a feminist to watch older movies and to think about how things have changed Mm -hmm. and to think about what was considered groundbreaking at that time. And it also was a reminder of how long we've been fighting for... Sure a voice mm-hmm. in film or, or our stories to be told. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Academy doesn't award those movies typically. Right. Mm-hmm. So like when million dollar baby is awarded, it's like awarded for the wrong reasons. You know, they wanted to do it because they thought it was like this great, powerful woman's story, mm-hmm. but it really lost it was lost on so many women. Like, it was a, fem- it was a feminist... It was feminism for men. You know what I mean? That's a fair assessment. Um, I don't know. So, I enjoyed it because it was just a movie, too. Right. So, that's... You know, and I enjoyed, you know, where it was going. It also was very... To me, it had the range of emotions where it was uplifting. It was also very sad. And I was also very pissed off because right. of the family side of it, too. Sure. Um, but, no, that's why I like having that perspective, too, because I had a totally different side of it, and neither one is wrong. It's just, right, you know, that's, of course. Yeah, it's just, it's interesting to hear that. And so, yeah. yeah, and it's really hard to put aside mm-hmm. the experience of being a woman when you are a woman. Right. That's <laughs> I, yes. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. like, you deal with it every day. You deal with it every living, breathing moment. So when you're going to the movies, mm-hmm. it would be nice to put it aside, but, like, you can't. Mm-hmm. You're still reminded. Okay, I think you should start getting into film, and so you can, I'll use this as a platform where you can start making, and I will promote, as whatever you choose to do, we will promote this, okay? Cool. All right, thank you, Enrica. Thanks. Okay, so we got Josephine back. Yay. I had to get her at a Pete's Coffee to get her here. Yes, so if it's noisy here, too bad, but as long as you get Josephine, that's all that matters. Okay, so for this week, we're going to talk about our favorite Oscar-winning movies. Mm-hmm. And then movies that you feel should have won, but didn't for whatever reason. Okay. So, so let's go with your favorites. So as you predicted, uh-huh. top was The Apartment. The Apartment. The yep. Apartment with Jack Lemmon and uh-huh. Shirley MacLaine. Yep. Um, 1960. I 1960, yes. I can't think of 
I mean, the more I think about that movie, the more I love it. Just in terms of being a comedy, a drama, commentary, all these things, it's it's timeless, right? It is. It's timeless. Uh, my next, so I kind of combined my movies that did win and movies that should have won or close. That's perfect. So my other one is a tie between The English Patient, which did win, mm-hmm. and Fargo. Yes. I mean, are we talking about... That is Sophie's choice how, for you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> are we talking about which movies kind of stand the test of time? Because Fargo, I feel like, is timeless. Sure. English Patient, I recently rewatched it about a year ago. I still love it. It's beautiful, but... It's of the time. It's of the time. Yeah. Yes. Still kind of classic, right? Because yeah. it's got that World War II, mm-hmm. that big feel, but... I think I'm a little bit over those kind of protagonists like Ray Fiennes, you know, yeah. kind of mysterious and brooding and kind of an asshole, right? Yeah, like, he is. I know, I'll never forget, he did kind of get Kristen Scott Thomas's character killed, her and her husband killed, spoiler alert, for yes, a 20-year-old I, movie. Sorry, people, yes. <laughs> but anyway, okay, so moving on. But no. I, I picked Fargo, too. Like, that was one where I felt... Um, definitely a wider audience I think mm-hmm. enjoys Lindley disagrees and she's actually mentioning this too like English Patient is one of her favorites mm-hmm. um, but I lean towards Fargo mm-hmm. so yeah okay mm-hmm. yeah. I, I'm yeah I'm both yeah. I, I love both that's good um, No Country for Old Men yep um, the more, very recent one that I love I love is Spotlight me too excellent perfect mm-hmm. well crafted movie love it and it's a slow burner too it's like mm-hmm. one of those movies that um, no action. It's just great acting and a really methodical story. It's it's really well done. Right. I mean, you wouldn't think that a movie about investigative journalism would be so um, tension filled. Yeah. But there are times when you're just like, oh my god, run, hello, run. And you're so pissed off at what's being covered up and what keeps getting covered up. Yeah. yeah. The anger just builds. Yeah. 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 Really great. Yeah. Silence of the Lambs. Excellent. Another one. Yeah, yeah good. Howard's Ends. Yeah. Oh. Room with the View. So, mm-hmm. E.M. Forster. Yeah. Have you seen those? You no. like those? Oh, they're great. Um, yeah, I, those two, I think... I mean, I don't, I don't think... I don't know. I mean, both of those, I don't think of them as of a time as, as English patients. Okay. Even though they're kind of dated. But I just... They're just so... Like, everything from, like, the costumes and the direction mm-hmm. is just beautiful. Yeah. Totally deserved. Um, and then the other one. Are you doing foreign, foreign best, like best foreign films? Can I? Can I? I was can doing slip just. It in? Can I slip it? Because this. Yes, Josephine. Okay. You may do whatever you like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So anyway, yes. So, best foreign film. Yeah, best foreign uh-huh. language. Oscar. Sure. That's the best picture. That's fair. Okay. <laughs> so the one that did win. You've was... taken over the podcast. So that's like. Um, hopefully I didn't lose any viewer. No, any of your no, okay. no, absolutely not. Um, the Secret in Their Eyes, Argentinian. Okay. I think that won. I think everyone thought that a prophet was going to win. Mm-hmm. I love both of them. Okay. I really love A Secret in Their Eyes. You should watch it if you get a chance. What year? Not that long ago. Okay. Five years ago? Okay. Five, six years ago, maybe? Mm-hmm. Um, Cinema Paradiso. Yeah. Yes, okay. It'll so post- did that win? <laughs> it did. Okay. Did it? I don't okay. think so. Did it not win? Not Best Picture. Or, or best foreign film. Oh, best foreign film. We're yes. still doing foreign film. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Sure. Yes, sure. Yep. So, <laughs> Malin agrees with you too. I think. Was yeah. he so? He loves that movie. Oh, yeah. It's about loving movies. Yeah. There right? you go. Well, then I should watch that. <laughs> seen it? Mm-mm. Okay. Watch it and then watch the director's cut. That's like a totally different. Movie. <laughs> okay. It, okay. It's watched. Um, Il Postino. Did you have you seen it? No, I I'm not a big foreign <laughs> film person, so. Do you like poetry? 
No. Oh, okay. Watch it anyway. Watch it anyway. Uh, Burnt by the Sun, which okay. I think it's Russian. Mm-hmm. Um, Antony is lying. Totsi. Okay. Hey, did you see Totsi? That's fairly recent. Okay. Yeah. The amount of four and five I've seen <laughs> M. Okay. I've seen from 1931. Uh-huh. Okay. I think I saw a movie with Audrey Tattoo. Mm, Amelie? Not Amelie. It was another one where it's very dark and like it's shot in flashbacks and she's suicidal. Is it um, a very long engagement? Possibly. It was she, she's looking for her fiance. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that was so good. Great movie, but that's one of the few foreign films I've seen. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, yes. I gotta get so you you're, some you're definitely films. yes. You're missing out on some really good movies. Okay. You're making this podcast highbrow. I like it. So, <laughs> no, yeah. no, no, no. Um, the Lives of Others, the German movie. Oh, gotta watch it, especially yeah. prescient for this this time period uh-huh. we're in right now. And then Amor. You must have heard of Amor. I've heard yes. of it. Okay. Yes, of course. That Michael Nagy. Okay. And then movies that should have been. Nominated. Yeah. For this year, it's fresh in my mind. Nocturnal Animals. Mm. Yeah, you keep. Yeah, you're very touting that. Them, yeah. Yes, I love Amy Adams. Mm-hmm. Um, I love The Rival. I think that was nominated for Best Oscar. But yeah, I haven't seen Moonlight. So I think Moonlight. Mm-hmm. People were saying that 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 totally deserved. It deserved it. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, Do you think it'll stand the test of time, opposed to La La Land? Even though I don't know if La La Land deserved it, but I haven't seen La La Land or Moonlight. Mm-hmm. Um, but honestly, I'm not. Even though I love musicals, I wasn't that enthusiastic about watching La La Land for some reason. It just everyone said the same thing. Like it's a fine movie, mm-hmm. but is it Oscar worthy and definitely not fourteen nominations worth? No, mm-hmm. they had more nominations than Audible Waterfront. Uh, it's crazy. Yeah. So yeah, so, yeah. I, I don't know what's going on. But yeah. Okay, so my next three, some were were, I think all three were nominated but didn't win. Mm. And it's by the same director. Okay. So Brokeback Mountain. Oh yeah. Prussian Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Uh huh. And Sense and Sensibility. Awesome fan. So I love Ang Lee. I think he's. Brokeback Mountain. What year? Because that should have beaten whatever. Ninety. No, I think people thought it was going to win, but I think Crash won. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anything should have won over Crash. Yeah. Awful movie. Yeah. Yeah. No. No. Yes. (laughs) And then. um, I'm sorry. Foreign films (laughs) that should have won. (laughs) Sorry, people. Eat, Drink, Man, Woman, also from Ang Lee. I have heard that, yes. Central Station mm-hmm. from Brazil. And then, because I love Tango, Argentina. Tango. Sure. Yeah, it's called Tango. And that is it. That's... All excellent. Watch foreign films, everyone. <laughs> when we do the foreign film episode, you are going to are host it. Are we going it. to do a foreign we film have episode? To. I mean, I'm going to have two, but that's always one. <laughs> but excellent. Thank you, Josephine. Yes. If you enjoy this podcast and are an iTunes user, please do the show a favor and head on over to the official iTunes page for damn good movie memories. Be sure to leave a rating and a review. This will allow the show to appear higher in the algorithm and spread the joy of this podcast to the masses. If you are not an iTunes user, you can still listen and subscribe on Podbean at damngoodmoviememories.podbean.com. Be sure to like us on Facebook under our Damn Good Movie Memories page. You can also listen to a limited number of episodes on YouTube. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode and be sure to tune in next week for an all new episode of Damn Good Movie Memories.